Billy, we are back. We, we How's were it away. Feel? I know, we were away. How long were we away for? Were we even here? Oh, we had the BNS experience in the past. Yeah, we did. Uh, God, that was 10 years ago, I want to say. I think it was 11 we were setting we started it. The finest restaurants eating soup. Yeah, it was like 2009, 2010, we created the BNS experience. And I think that was the last time we had a, a podcast together. A fairly successful one, I might add. I think we averaged about 300 listeners on that podcast. But anyway, enough about that. How about you introduce yourself, Bill? should bring back the soup. That's what we should be doing. We'll get um, to the soup. <laughs> oh, God. I've, you know, I've said it. I might do know what we should do. Italian soup. Italian soup? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it was the Italian restaurants we always went to. And then you'd have the Italian soup and we'd sit and talk about it. It was literally just, what, 45 minutes of us talking? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was like 45 minutes of, of us talking about like, eating soup, yeah. And whatever yeah, and TV like, you were watching at that time. Yeah. And it was like, why would people listen to us go, oh, that soup's nice. Um, but then again, maybe we were what brought on ASMR. People <laughs> loved that. It's like, maybe, maybe that's where the root came from. And then it's just sparkled into this whole scene of debauchery um, that it is today. We are the fathers of that. Yeah, I mean, we were planning on using the BNS experience as the name of the podcast, but unfortunately, another podcast with a very similar name, if you take out the BNS and replace it with uh, Joe Rogan, unfortunately that is you know, like 200 million downloads a month compared to 200 a month. Uh, so it would be a bit weird using that name, even though we used it quite, we used it very early on. Uh, before that podcast was big, but mm-hmm. we figured instead we'd create another podcast, which we planned. We, I think we planned this back in like April or something like that, didn't we? Yeah, it's uh, been a while. I think it was originally called a, ver- a very original name, Please Stand By, uh, which we were planning on using for a while, but then I changed my mind and came up with this other name that hasn't actually been used anywhere. Yeah, it was, it was like two or three days ago, yeah. <laughs> but it's quite a good name, though, because it like sums up. Because I think the issue of the police stand by is it's so universal. Because when I I looked up that name, it it was used by this like interview podcast interviewing musicians and stuff like that. Then this other Twitch streamer started using that name to interview other Twitch streamers. There's this other podcast that's been using it for a few years, but then they stopped doing it last year. And I don't know what that that podcast was about. But I was like, "Mm, that's just there's too many active or even recently inactive podcast with a similar name. So I thought we'd go with this one. It's, it's not really been used anywhere, and I think it sort of sums up the, the podcast a bit better, I think, because it's more... You can tell it's a gaming podcast because it has the word gamer in it. Yeah. And it has the word knots, and sort of the idea behind it is... You know, I think We're knots not gamers. We're not actually gamers, we're just... We're just uh, doing this for, just to see if we can get in on it. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's like the knots thing is like the to do with nautical stuff, like sailors, let's like navigate and navigators and stuff like that. So astronaut is like to navigate through the astro, whatever. Uh, so it basically where our aim is to guide people through the latest gaming stuff. But anyway, we'll go more about that later. So Billy, how about you introduce yourself and give your uh, give a bit of background about yourself? Let's, let me know. Let everyone know who Billy Kelly is. Well, there you go. So, Billy Kelly. Um, I had, like, 
I don't even know where to begin talking about myself because I could we could be here. I'm all kidding. We're not, we're not going to be here all day. We'll be here for the next minute talking about me. Um, so my main background definitely comes from a retail one within the gaming industry. Um, I won't name names of where I work, um, but yeah, um, that's been my sort of my background in the whole thing. Um, I can get a bit of an insight of what that is about what it's like to be in a retail sector and in this industry to so to speak um that's basically me in a nutshell um i play games there we go i like games wow what a great introduction and daddy todd <laughs> is is my favorite oh, yes. of course of course yeah uh well like- myself i'm sean uh my background i guess since you started with employment, I'll start with that as well. Uh, I used to work in the financial services industry, which is a very exciting and dated industry, uh, surprisingly. It's not as high-tech as you'd think. Uh, I was a contractor for about five years, and I had my own limited company, which I then shut down. And then pretty much since last year, I've, I guess I've described myself as a full-time in childcare because I do that every day from 9 o'clock I look after my little cousin so I've been doing that a lot at the moment uh, so I guess at the moment in full time childcare and I also like games which is why we decided to make this podcast Yeah, uh, and the reason, I think the other reason we decided to make because we have a lot of, like when we do chat we do have like really genuinely very good conversations and for like the last decade we've been saying we should make a podcast uh but we never ever really got around to it until now. Uh, and I think the tech has like caught up to a point where we can reliably record something remote. I think the problem was there's no, there was nothing really there to make it easier for us to record it without being in person to make it some, like make it a decent podcast. Whereas now it's like we've got this piece of software we're using, uh, the Riverside FM, and it has a whole host of features, uh, which I'm going to demonstrate now actually. Billy, I think I'm going to play this little song for you. Oh, thanks. Is this dedicated to me? Yes, this is your intro. Are you ready? Oh, oh yeah. Here we go. This is Billy Kelly's intro. I've been driving in my car <laughs> 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 Why have I got that? I was like, that's the... That's the Top Gear jingle when they were doing the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I probably. have mine here. Two, four, six, eight, James May. <laughs> so basically, I'm Jeremy Clarkson and you're James May. Is that kind of what we're going for? Yeah. Uh, so I'll need Definitely. to go within the world. I also have the uh, actual Talk Me Your Radio intro. Hopefully we don't oh, get really? cooperated by the BBC for this. I know, I was going to say the BBC is going to come down hard on us now. I know, but that was like 11 years ago, that episode or something, so... True. Play it now. There's only one radio See how quickly we get cancelled for that. <laughs> Such a stupid recording. They're also this sort of sums up them in a the nutshell. Like, 
sort of starts off really good and slowly gets worse over time. Yeah. And as things go wrong over time, it just sort of sounds a bit twisted towards the end. Uh, anyway, so we've got, we've got, we're using this piece of software, Riverside FM, has a whole host of features. So whenever Billy tells a really bad joke, hey. we can add that at the end. Or whenever we're building up to something exciting. I'm slowly starting to get why you're wanting to do this. This is just to use a soundboard. (laughs) This this is all this is about. (laughs) It's just a soundboard. It was my dream (laughs) to uh, create a soundboard. I I, I really just want to take snippets of things like really stupid things either of us say then I just randomly play it at some point. That's fair. Uh, to the podcast. Anyway. Unless it will, is there anything else we should add to the the beginning? So we've introduced ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but, or I guess our right. vision. Our vision the, the vision for what we have for this. So what, to what get is your free vision? stuff is the main sort of idea behind oh, it. Oh, you're, you're being uh, too honest now. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, no, like I suppose that the vision behind it is that it's just to get free stuff. I uh, know. I'm. Um, uh, suppose just something, not necessarily something to do, but a hobby, I guess. Yeah, that'd be that's, extra that's thing what... and to sort of say, oh, like this is what I do on the side. Yeah, because we just discussed that a lot during the lockdowns last year. Is like when we had, we were forced into a situation where we couldn't go anywhere or do anything. Uh. We had the realization of really all you know our main hobby is just playing games, but we need to add something to complement that instead of it just being about playing games. So that would be actually being able to create something revolving around that, and as you said, like having a hobby, something that we can work towards uh, and actually build. I think I think it is quite exciting. Uh, yeah, I think so as well. Also, I'm curious where it goes. If it goes nowhere, then you know, you know, it's still, it, a, it's think, still a hobby. Yeah, I think it will. I think it could potentially go because we do have some like really good ideas that we're not going to have in this episode because we actually have a lot to talk about gaming wise because we haven't had a chat about it, the games we played in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on some certain games like uh, Death Store and Twelve Minutes, uh, especially because we haven't really talked about them at all. Um, so yeah, I think today that this episode is mostly going to be focused on the gaming side, but I think overall predominant fo- the the focus will be predominantly on news I suppose but we'll add in the games we've played when we have played something decent because we don't want to talk about the same thing every time if we're going back to you know if there's nothing new out you don't want to keep talking about well, older games unless it's like something we've never talked about before I guess uh, mm-hmm. so let news as well but we also have like some, some fun segments in, in place or about you know well, that will be in place in the future uh, because you mentioned you're technically technically within the games industry on the retail side, we thought we'd have a fun segment called Retails. Uh, yeah, playing words. Yeah, playing uh, words. Tell us about your your tales. Some stories you may have. Uh, some insider knowledge that actually is generally very interesting. Uh, it's not something you I've personally heard a lot in podcasts. We also have this other thing. Uh, this we have like three variations of the one thing, but they give different different names for each of the platforms. So we get Game Pass or Play, which is basically we randomly choose 
So I need to do this at some point, but basically take all the games that are on Game Pass, put it in a list, and put it in a random selection list. Whatever that game is, if I've never played it before, we have to play it. No matter what the game is, even if we don't like the look of it, we have to play it, come back and sort of give our thoughts on it, and whether people should pass or play. Yes. Uh... Another play in words. Yeah. Uh, so we get different versions of that for the other platforms uh, as well, but we're not going to say the names on those just yet because I don't want anyone to steal them. I don't. I don't want anyone <laughs> to steal anything. So, uh, right. So, Billy, how about we move on? Oh wait, no. Yes, let's actually just move on to the games we played. Indeed. So the first one we have on the list here is Death's Door. Yeah, we let's talked be- about it briefly. Up plus, like I, th- I think we talked about it the first night you played it. Yeah. Which is the day before we met up in person a couple of weeks back but we haven't talked about it since then i and no. i think when this I game originally came out then. Yeah. yeah when the game when the game originally came out we were like oh we should definitely check that out then i got a 10 pound uh, gift voucher through the microsoft awards thing i thought you know what for six pounds i'll give this a bash then i absolutely devoured it within a week and told uh bill to like yes i get on this and let me know what you think and i have yet to know what he thinks so mm-hmm. about give a little bit of a breakdown of what the game is and your thoughts on it. So let's right. explain how the game works essentially. Right, so basically when you're you know, when you're reading about Death's Door from people online or just from roundabout or talking about it, go, Oh, it's like Dark Souls, Dark Souls but you're like it's mm. not that Zelda meets Dark Souls, more like. It's like it takes as an inspiration from it, but it's not necessarily how it plays. Um so but people are like Saying oh, it's like the, it's like a indie Dark Souls. It's like I wouldn't really compare it to that. Um, basically, very, the, very late on the Dark Souls. Very. Um, it's obviously got a couple of wee things here or there. So obviously, when you kill a wee monster, uh, you kill one of the wee enemies around, you get their souls. But then you don't necessarily lose them when you die. You still keep them. You just end up going back a wee bit, whether it be to a checkpoint or back to the door um, that you came from. Um, and then you just, or like if you're in a wee dungeon, you start back at the beginning of the dungeon, but you unlock shortcuts along the way. Um, premise of the story, you're a wee bird, um, you play as a reaper, and you have to get these three giant souls, basically, um, to get, to, to basically get through Death's Door. Um, that is the premise of the game. Um, and what a game! Um, yeah. I see, see, like, for sixteen quid, um, it's not overly long. So what you're calling? You're talking what? Ten hours? Not even? Yeah, I, I, ten hours for just completing the story from start to finish. But about, I think it took about twelve. I would say twelve to thirteen hours to like a hundred percent it by like yeah, getting yeah. all the collectibles and fully upgrading everything. Like it's a very short game, but it's, it's such a. It doesn't overstay its welcome, and I absolutely adore the length of it. I think it's absolutely perfect. The perfect size. Because I think if it was any longer, it would. Not that I wouldn't enjoy it, but I think it wouldn't. It would maybe ruin it a little bit. I think it has the perfect length. Uh, for that kind of game. Hundred um, percent. See, like, it's not that I was getting bored towards the end. I was just kind of felt like when it ended, I was like, "All right, okay, cool. I've." Yeah, it. it was. Yeah, it was uh, like, oh, this was like the per- the perfect time to finish it because like, I think if it did get a little bit longer, maybe we'd get a little bit boring. But it ended yeah. just at the right time, I think. It ended when I wanted it to. 
Um, yeah. And you could tell it was obviously, you know, it kind of, once you complete your objective, it kind of goes boom, boom, boom to the end. Um, but it never outstayed its welcome. You were like, right, okay, cool. I finished it. Loved it. For the value that you pay, it's 100% worth a download. Um, 16 quid for that level of entertainment. And it's, it, to be fair, it's probably not everyone's cup of tea. Um, I wouldn't it's expect everyone to turn around and be like, oh, loved it. Absolutely. Like, that you know, like everyone said that they enjoyed it. Um, I could probably understand why people are, are kind of put off by some of the stuff in it. Obviously, to begin with, it's not that the game's difficult; it's that it does become a bit challenging at times, especially the bosses. Some of the bosses in that game are tough. That you kind of bang your head against a wall sometimes trying to beat it. It was the upgrades for each of the items uh, for each of your power ups. The bosses for them did my head in. Oh yeah, this you get to whenever you upgrade because yeah, you get four abilities. You get the what is it? The the bow and so arrow, bow and arrow, hook, fireball, and what was the other one? I don't remember the one. God, that's bad. a bomb, a bomb, a bomb, a bomb. Yeah. Then when you whenever you want to want upgrade any of those items, typically the only way you can get those upgrades is by having one of the previous up. Uh, abilities to get to where the upgrade is or one of your other abilities and they jump in this this giant chest, eats you and swallows you up then you're inside it and you go through like this wave base thing, don't you? Uh, yeah, um, so that's to get the new power so you'll go through Oh, is that to get the new? Oh, what's the upgrade? Yeah, I can't so, remember what the upgrade is then So you have the three levels so you, you get the fireball, I believe it is, quite early on and then what happens is that once you complete a level, um, just before you fight the final boss, it sucks you in. Um, you end up oh, back in yeah. the original world, and then you get sucked in by the chest, which basically resembles the mimic from the Dark Souls series. Um, you then you have that wave based thing, and at the end of it, you get given your power. Um, oh, that's right. Then there's a separate. Yeah, so it's the same boss. It's upgrade just, each of the abilities, but it's the yeah, boss also also has the ability as well. The boss uses the ability. Um, so yeah, when you're upgrading the hook, then he dashes around, and you need to kind of dodge him. Um, but for me, it wasn't necessarily the actual power that got me. It was this swipe that he does behind you. Um, yeah. It got me constantly, that move, so you kind of had to go hit, hit, dodge. Um, but to begin with, I was it was always just kind of like hit, 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 hit. And then you just get smacked out of the way constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that those bosses did my head in. They they were annoying. Um, I, I, I felt like well, they were they were harder than the main the main bosses. I'd say. I, I would agree. Um, the, like the three sort of main bosses in it, not including the final boss. Like the, mm-hmm. they none of them were particularly difficult to beat. Um, Maybe one or two times you'd maybe have to go, all right, okay, I get it now. See what they do. Then once you learn what they do, it becomes fairly straightforward from that point on. Um, It's kind of, again, it's like, I don't want to compare it to Dark Souls, but it's hard not to because it does the exact same thing. Um, Where you're like, right, okay, that's what the boss does. So when he does that, jump here. Um, There's a, like, you can see where that game gets its inspiration from. It's definitely from that, like, from Soft. From the Soul series, followed by Zelda. Um, Especially, to be honest, with the ability stuff. 
and the yeah. shortcuts as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the whole thing just screams like if if you know Nintendo were to make a Dark Souls series of Zelda, like this is what you would get. And to be honest, I would be all over that actually. Now that I've said it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down for that. Um, but yeah, that that, that is that game for sixteen pound. But they, I reckon they could have charged more for that, and you'd still like see at twenty five pound, you'd be like, yes, yeah. I was going to say like, twenty five pound is still like a, a nice round price for that. Yeah, for what you're getting in that game. Um, yeah, because because I saw some people, you know, as you said, were initially put off by because a lot of people were throwing the word Dark Souls around or Demon Souls. A lot of people See, are I understandably put off by that because that game just doesn't suit a lot of people. See, my but thinking really was is that the main well. thing I thought for them, or like for those that might be put off immediately, is that the game just, just the game literally throws you into a big fight almost uh, immediately. That's right. Within five minutes, um, you've, you're in a yeah. boss fight. It's actually uh, like, slightly somewhat difficult. Yeah, it's like it throws you into a really difficult fight straight off the bat. And it's I can see why people from that point on, you know, they'd be looking at it going, no, that, like, this isn't for me. Um, but the game changes so... It doesn't even change tons. It just, that's... Once you get by that bit, then you're into the game. Like, that's just your tutorial bit, like, oh, walk over here. Um, but then you get the boss fight, which is like, right, okay, practice your fighting in these areas here. Okay, practice your fighting in this area here. And then once you're done with that, you're good to go for the main game. I feel like people would have found it less intimidating if they sort of copied what. Because in my Souls experience, I've really I've watched a lot of Bloodborne and I've watched some of Dark Souls one through three, but I've played through Demon Souls on the PS5. What that game does is like you, when you come across your first boss, it it kills you. Well, it's very difficult to actually defeat it. So I feel like yeah, this yeah. game actually copied that, where you were destined to lose the fight. Uh, yeah, and then the person like. Because then this uh, other crow comes and like uh, this other crow could come and like you know kill the boss for you and then you'd be transported into the air the sort of the hub area. Uh, well, why, why would you describe that area? Like, it's like your, your the the office. Yeah, it's uh, like an office in the ether or something, isn't it? It's like you're in this yeah, floating. I almost kind of found it more kind of like old, like a very very old fashioned detective center. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Like that wee hub. We had all the desks, the two birds on the typewriter, and then you had the big guy overlooking everything. It was felt like a very old school detective area, uh, det- uh, like detective room. Mm-hmm. So if they sort of made you know the, the actual boss kill you, and then someone would come save you, I think it'd be easier. But in this instance, you actually have to defeat the boss, which some people might find a bit a little bit difficult. But it's not too bad once you understand like the two or three moves it does. Once you understand that, it's actually very easy. But another point I was going to bring up someone I follow on Twitter was who streams it and he was complaining a lot about how difficult it is. And I looked, I have one of my friends list and I looked through his achievements. And I think this is a game you can deliberately make harder on yourself. Because I'd say he, so. Yeah, because he didn't go out of his way to get any of the upgrades. And he also didn't go out of his way to find. Because scattered throughout the world, you find these. How would you describe them? Like. Not crystals. Like, oh, uh, what the upgrades? Um, yeah, it's like the, you get there's two types. There's the one shrines. for your health and one for your magicka. The shrines, yeah, there's these shrines. There's a green one and is that a blue one or a red one or something? Uh, it's purple and green. Purple and green. So the green one is for the health. And you get if you find four green shrines or green crystals that are in these shrines, it adds a pip to your health. 
And if you find four uh, of the purple ones, it adds uh, another pip to your magic as well. So I looked through his achievements and he didn't find any, he didn't upgrade his health or magic. So he went through the whole game on four pips of health and four pips of magic abilities. Yeah, so uh, that's just making it harder on yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because um, once, once you fully upgrade, yeah, it's like there's like yeah, six, uh, two pips each you can earn. Uh, it's quite handy. It's quite cool that the way you upgrade your health in that game as well. Because the only way you, because every, it's not like um the Souls games where when you get hit, you can either lose a lot of health or a tiny bit of health depending on where you are in the game or how high a level you are. And that's like one hit, single hit equals one pip off your health, no matter who it is. Um. And like the only way you can upgrade your health throughout the game is to find these seeds. Think like the what you call those seeds in Breath of the Wild is cockroach, cockroach seeds or something like uh, that. Yeah, cockroach. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Then you plant them in these pots, and these plants grow, and you can uh, redeem your health. Uh, but you can only use it once per run, and after the run, the, the health respawns. And also, the way you can upgrade—not uh, upgrade, but I guess refill your magic. Because every time, Cardoc? like I think, Cardoc seeds. Korok seeds, that's it, yeah. Uh, so the way you uh, fill your magic back up is by hitting things, like breakable things, like enemies or like breakable items. So whenever you use a spell, like one arrow is like one pip, but you also have these other powers, like the... I think the bomb is like two or something, two pips or something like that. Yeah, uh, bomb is two. Yeah, so you, you have like these four pips. Uh, when you use your arrow, it's one pip, your bomb is two pips. So then you have one pip left, so you can only use one arrow, but you can't use your bomb. But the way you can refill it is by either hitting, like jumping in. This is a, way, a good way to defeat bosses. You jump into a boss and like hit him three times and jump back out. Then you get three pips on your magic uh, uh, meter. Then you can use you know, whatever spells you want. Or sometimes within certain, like sometimes you, when you go through the levels or the dungeons in the game, they have these sort of fight rooms. And they have these, like for example, in one, one of the first main areas of the, the, the witch's house mansion estate thing. Well, she's got pots everywhere, so when you break the pots, it refills your magic up, and then you can repeatedly use your magic. Like I thought that was a really cool way of handling that. Yeah. Instead of like having this consumable, consumable, consumable thing, like you're doing like a Souls game, whereas this is just like either hit the enemy or or hit something within the environment itself. So that was a neat little thing. But again, you really can make that game more difficult on yourself by just completely avoiding. All the upgrades, and I think that's what that guy did. Like he just didn't do anything, and he went through the whole game. And yeah, I don't think he even found any additional weapons. It looked like as well. So I think oh, really? he went through the whole game. But yeah, I think he went through the whole game with his first sword you get, uh, and the base abilities and health and magic. Mm-hmm. Which is like, to fair towards is the impressive. end. That, that is impressive. I'd be banging my head. Like, I found it quite difficult towards the end um, with full health and magic. It's not even so much the health that um, uh, like having full health is what I was wanting. Is I just wanted magic. Because like you said, you do it, you hit, 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 back away. And then arrow, yeah. arrow, arrow. Um, it was like, it'd be nice to have a wee bit more of that. Um, but to be honest, having six pips of magic was actually like an absolute godsend. Yeah, it was it made things a lot easier, especially when you could use your you, you the ability to throw three bombs at an enemy or something like that, or oh, six yeah. uh, six fireballs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a, a perfect little fun little game that 
the only fault I have with it is you don't have a map. And it's quite easy to get lost in some of the areas because they're that, quite large and they're multi-layered as well. See, like, it wasn't even so much that. My main thing was you get told by what, like, obviously like another Reaper Crow. Um, like, right, okay, these are the three areas. This is where you'll get your three souls. Um, and he recommends which area to go to first. And you're like, right, okay, we'll go there. Finish that area and then you're like, where was that second area again? Um, mm-hmm. it's that that kind of threw me off a bit just to kind of like so I think after I cleared the first area I was like I have absolutely no idea where I'm going went back to him and he was like oh it's over that way right right okay that's handy that he tells you where to go but it'll be handier if you had like a wee map or something even just an icon of like roughly where you're meant to be um, with a yeah, wee map yeah like an arrow pointing you somewhere yeah uh, you do become intimately familiar with the areas over time because you're running through them so oh, much. Oh, extremely, yeah. And it got to the point where I just didn't really think about where to go towards the end when I was 100%ing it. So I was like, I know exactly where to go now. I suppose the map wasn't that necessary, but I, I'm the kind of person that wants to, like... Because sometimes you'd see an area that you couldn't access yet that you needed the hook ability. Like, oh, I need to remember to come back here at this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you're, like, two levels deep and you're, like going through all these areas and you try to remember oh yeah there was an area I've got this ability now but I can't remember exactly where it was in like the first yeah. area so if they had something like you know oh, uh, like, like, hey, you could use a spe- the, the spell here yeah like a question mark or something. oh you can this is an area you haven't explored yet or something yeah uh, or the ability to put out a little note down but I suppose you could just write your own notes but then you have to like describe where it is or, like bottom left of map blah 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 or something um, that's really the only issue I have with the game but again over time when you learn the game more it becomes less of an issue it's just initially you feel a bit lost uh, but I guess he's over time I'd say but yeah I think that's Death Door highly recommend it exactly, I yeah, very much. I've been like dying to recommend it to people and I have yeah. been, like, on a few occasions be like you have to play Death Door do it yeah um, I've been doing that on Twitter to people uh like, you know, please play this. Uh, it's Even only just 16 to support pounds. the developer as well. Because um, it is, it's, it's a cracking Wii game. Um, I'd, love, I'd love to see what else they're going to do. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a UK-based developer as well. I believe so, yeah. Well, there we go. That is that. That is Death's Door. So how about 12 minutes? What did you think? Uh, right, so... 12 minutes is a weird one. Um... So, started off really enjoying it. Um, so the first sort of like maybe a couple of hours of you playing it was like, right, okay, this is really, really good. This is good. This is good. This is good. And then you keep going and you're like, all right. All right. Okay, I'm still enjoying it. Okay, cool. Cool. And then you get towards the end and you're like, oh, what now? It Um, gets gets to a point where I... Way so I how many, it, how many ahead, times though. do I need to hear um, like best day ever guess who made dessert it's like, <laughs> like oh I get it you've made dessert um, <laughs> I get the whole point is that you're meant to be restarting that whole um, that whole cycle of 10 minutes over and over um, it's just like you know that way where you do it's a game where you make progress the more you keep going back in time because you're like, right, okay, I know what to do now. But well, how about we actually describe 
the premise of it then actually before we get into that. So I think the premise of it is 12 minutes, you're caught in this time loop that lasts 12 minutes. You come back home from work, your wife comes out and she surprises you with this nice dessert. Uh, and she sort of, you, you can set up... You know she'll have dessert. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because she tells you multiple times. Oh. 30 times, I'd say. Uh, over 30 loops. But, um, no, it depends on how so she set, Yeah, so she sets up the table, you set up dessert, you sit down, she turns the radio on, you're eating your dessert, munching on this chocolate-looking thing. And she breaks out this box and says, I have a gift. You open the gift and it's like a little baby... Baby onesie? I don't know what it, what you baby call girl? it. Yeah, baby girl, that's it. Um, With a name on it. And a flower. And your wife announces that she's pregnant. Very exciting. Uh, unfortunately, your good time is ruined by Willem Dafoe coming up to your door. Hey, when that uh, happens. Demanding... To come in and speak to your wife, and he accuses your wife of murdering her father, and then he arrests you both. And I think ends up strangling you. Then once you get strangled, yeah. you 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 come back into that loop, and you're back in again. And you basically have to relive this loop over and over, and try to piece together by doing different things. And it works like a little, it's like an adventure game, it's like a point. This is what I wasn't expecting in my head. So I watched the old Jam Bomb quick look like six years ago, wherever it was. Uh, and the game's changed quite a bit since then. I wasn't expecting it to be so adventure heavy, you know, like collecting items and like not necessarily combining. Well, I guess you, you combine them at some point, like using a, a knife or a key to open up a vent or something. But I wasn't expecting it to be so point and clicky uh, and adventure based as well. Which I thought it was interesting. It's like a top down perspective as well. So you're looking down on the people and you're like, clicking around to move the husband around. You can click on things and he can like inspect them. Or pick them up and add them into his inventory and stuff like that. And then that is essentially the premise. And I think what you said is like, when you first start it, you're like really into it because you're like, where is this going to go? Like, where is this? Like, I have no idea where this is going. This concept is like really interesting. And I'm a big fan of like time loop type stuff because Outer Wilds is one of my, as my favorite game of all time. And that's like a time loop game. And I love, the thing I love about that game is, like you said earlier, you learn things over time and you take that progress and what you've learned into the next loop and try and progress further using that information. And it's like that in this. But then it just reaches a point where it's kind of like linear at the start, where you're learning all this information. Uh, so I, I, did you ever get stuck or like, where the hell do I go with this? I, got, yeah. I exhausted a lot of options. But then I sort of realized the wife kind of drops some hints about some certain things that I just didn't pick up on straight away. And that's what kind of got me irritated with the game, is that you, it's kind of difficult to skip a lot of the stuff you've heard before. Because uh, when you lose your, you know, end up failing the loop, you forget to do something in time. You have to, like, go through the whole loop again or kill yourself to make it go by quicker. But you get no option to skip certain things because you have to just go through the emotions again, which does get quite annoying over time, I think. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, because how much are we spoiling this? Um, <laughs> uh, I'll put a, a note in saying is this being spoiled, so I may as well go all in. Go all People in. People don't right, want to okay. listen. Um, I'll take note of the time, so it's thirty-seven minutes. Um, right. So for me, the you think you've sussed it out, because uh, you work out that you get the phone, then you can get 
Will, uh, Willem Dafoe's phone, steal that or the cop. Um, you steal his phone. Get is it's Bumblebee is the name of his daughter. Yeah. Um, so you get the number and you call her and you can kind of like that then influences much of what Willem Dafoe does. Um, just based on yeah, phone calls he, alone. He like lays a hint saying, I think if you talk to him a certain number of times or have because he the reason he keeps coming is because he's looking for a watch, but you don't know why he's looking for this watch. They keep saying, I'm looking for a watch. I'm looking for a watch. I think I don't know how, how I triggered it, but at some point he, he says, the only two people I'll talk to is my mother and my daughter, and my mother's dead. Uh, so the only person he'll ever listen to is his daughter, and I just said, like, there's an opportunity to actually knock him out by... I think you, you by putting your wife to sleep using sleeping pills. Yeah, you can and, then go you, get sleeping and then pills. you shock him in the bedroom. With the, That's with right, because the, the, the light switch is faulty, so when you go and turn it on, when I was messing around with it, I noticed that uh, and I ended up killing myself. Um, yep. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. I could use that. So I put her to sleep and she goes to sleep or gets sleepy, goes into the bedroom and then uh, you can hide in this little closet uh, and he comes in and looks throughout the house uh, and finds your wife in the bed and goes, what the? And then turns the light uh-huh. on uh, and electrocutes himself and that gives you an opportunity to go into his... Uh, Inventory basically and steal his phone, and as you said, call his daughter. So you were going somewhere with that, Bill? Um, yeah. Uh, so call his daughter, but that, um, like, was it? It's like three different things that. Technical difficulties. We're back. We're back. Uh, can you not edit that bit Yeah, we can edit that. I'm going to edit that. That's why I'm saying technical difficulties. Oh, uh, technical difficulties. Bill, you were talking about uh, finding the guy's phone in his pocket. Yeah, so you find. Yep, and then you phone Bumblebee. um, And then your choices from that point on influence the decision later on, or like influence how Willem Dafoe is going to act as soon as he arrives. So one of them, he just walks away. Um, Game ends and loops. You're back to the beginning. The one that really gets me is it's obviously like this is what you have to do to. It's part of the game, is that you basically talk him into not harming anyone, and you'll be like, stop. I know what you're going to do. I have proof. Here it is. Um, and oh, then you provide... It's a picture from the fridge? It's a picture on the fridge, and like, this is the proof that um, the wife did not kill her father eight years ago because she was in a completely different place hundreds of miles away. Therefore, couldn't do it. Um, so that, that kind of makes you then you're, it builds up to like, oh right, okay, cool, cool. Um, we're nearly there, nearly beaten the game. Um, and then the guy, you know, the husband goes, oh no, it's gonna loop again. It's gonna loop again. Yeah, because you, you think you're getting close. You think you because he when you, you discover that, it. You, you yeah, you think you cracked it when you discover it. You find that picture and you can prove because he comes for the watch and the wife. At this point, you've probably discovered the watch and you've probably told her. You can tell her. Once you've convinced your wife that you are in a time loop and say, okay, there's this guy coming, he's looking for his watch. Because one thing we forgot to note, the reason he's coming for his watch is because his daughter has cancer. Yeah, his daughter's and he not needs, well. And yeah, and when you go through his phone and his text messages, you see him from, like texts from the insurance health company saying he's behind on his payments and stuff like that, and his payments has been sent to a debt collector and stuff. So he's here to get this watch so he can sell it. So it's very valuable, and the, the watch belonged to the wife's father. Uh, and he's coming to collect that. And... That's why they're so. Once you uh, learn all that, and you can tell your wife about it, 
he comes, you can talk to him and convince him with that bitch, and he just goes on his way. And then you think, oh, you've done it, you've you've solved the loop. But then you're brought back in again. And I think at that point, that's when it that's went when downhill game... for me. Because <laughs> yeah. you've you're, you're it's like the you've exhausted all like, ideas, and you're like, right, that that that's where the game started dropping off for me. Because I thought, right, okay, that's it, I've done it, I've beaten it. And then, you know that There's way a fork where in the road. There's so a fork you're, going, you're going down this narrow path, and like this path is amazing. You're like, where's this path going to go? And then you're at this fork where there's like three diff- places you can go, and three different places. You don't know where it's going to go, but you'll try them anyway. And then the path you go down isn't necessarily that great. No, it turns a bit weird. Um, I kind of find that the game went from right, okay, this is what we're, this is what we'll do, this is what we'll do, to a really good, interesting story. To you know that way where you like I'm going to describe it as visiting an art gallery. So mm. you'll go to an art gallery. So let's say you and I who uh, have no artistic, you know, artistic mind or knowledge or any sort of idea what to expect when you go to an art gallery. You can appreciate a, like oh that that painting looks quite nice. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's nice. I quite like it. Walk on. And then you've got someone who is artistically minded and they'll look at it and go like, ah yes, I can really sense the artist's despair when they painted it, the, the red, and it really screams that they were needing help, blah, blah, blah. And you're just looking at it going, really? It's like, all I'm seeing is a flower. Um, it's that, to me, is that mm-hmm. it, after that point where you think you've solved it, it take, goes down an artistic path, an artistic story route. Where then it starts going, looking into like, sort of, it, it, it just goes really weird. <laughs> it's just kind of, you're sitting playing it and you're like, I don't, I, I don't know if I can keep going with this. This is just like going a bit bizarre. And then things start clicking together about who you are as the husband. And yeah, because like, you, you sort of piece together that your wife didn't actually kill the father. She did. The weird thing is, like, turns out she actually did shoot him in this. Like she like yeah I shot him on Christmas but then a couple of days later someone else came along and shot him again or whatever or killed him uh, and now he's dead so for the, for years like, your wife has been living with us thinking she killed her own father but in actuality she didn't it turns out it was this other person nicknamed Monster very scary because uh, mm-hmm. I think at some point when Willem Dafoe comes uh, and he gives him the watch he, he sort of after a few loops you can trigger this conversation where he tries to remember the name uh, of this of the woman that had the affair with the father because this woman that had an affair with the father and he had a child with her uh, but the the husband's wife the father's wife at the time like sort of shunned them and you know didn't want any or I, th- I think he she even knew I can't remember to be honest but basically they didn't really take anything to do with the the child that belonged to the I think it was the the maid or something like that. Um, they didn't want anything to do with her, so she has a stepbrother she doesn't really know anything about. And then Willem Dafoe comes in and says, oh, something, her name was something flowery. I think, yeah. flowery? <laughs> like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it all starts to click and you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, like, I don't oh, know if I like where this is going. Because as I mentioned earlier, the baby grow has a flower on it and a name, and turns out the name 
Because the husband asks, why this name? Why my mother's name? Is like Delilah or something? I can't remember. Del- I think it's Delilah, yeah. Uh, so why my mother's name? Then it clicks. She was, oh, wait a minute. So you go, you start the loop again, and you, you know, go through the whole rigmarole again, like convince your wife that you're in a time loop, like give her the watch and stuff, uh, then wait for him to come. And when he comes, this time you grab the baby girl, the present, uh, and as they're talking about it, they're waiting for him to trigger that conversation. You pull out and you know, click and drag from your inventory and say, hey, like, is this her name? And he goes, yes, that's it. It's her. Then you just go through this spiral, like, realizing, turns out, <laughs> no. you are the, the person who killed the fire and you are your wife's brother. <laughs> yep. And you're having a baby with your sister. <laughs> that's very odd. Kinda, like, takes a very dark sort of U-turn and you're like, mm-hmm. So I kind of clicked on it was probably him because I think the issue with this game is because it is so because the premise is it's solely focused on three characters and it's focusing on a murder that's occurred and we don't know who the murderer is so they're not quite random after the because after the 12 minute loop it's not like a fourth character comes in other than Bumblebee or technically the other fifth character is like when you call 911 oh, yeah, yeah, but it's not them. like they're going to burst through the door and say I killed the father it's like, there's only, there can only be one other person who killed the father once you realize it wasn't your wife. It's like, well, it must be me. And I'm just no. not realizing. So it's like, you've got no option. The twist sort of is, is very obvious because there's only three characters and it can only be one of those three people. And they can't just bring in a fourth character within that 12 minutes that didn't appear before. So it was like, they kind of wrote them, like, cornered themselves into this, uh, having basically being forced into the situation where they have to make you the killer. But they did, I don't think they had to add in the whole baby angle and make it incestual and stuff like that. I thought that was a bit strange. No. So I, there were a couple of things I was like, they didn't need to add that in. So one was the baby angle. That was to make you sort of build up some form of sympathy, I thought, um, at the start of the yes. game. To be like, oh, right, you know, she's going to be having a baby and she's in jail. We need to sort this out. Like, oh, dear, that's bad timing. Um, the, also, the other thing I was like, they really didn't need to add that in was the child cancer thing. Yeah, that as well. That was uh that that's you know, that's dark if it was like let's say it was, you know, an older person in the game. Um you'd be like, Alright, okay, that's you know, that, that that's not a nice wee turn to take, but then but they chose to go with what was she like fourteen, fifteen or something. Mm-hmm. Um went with a child who had cancer and a father who was desperate to pay for her treatment, but the hospital wasn't gonna pay for her treatment. You were kinda you know, you were you were sitting watching it like all right, okay, that's you know, you know once everything kind of starts coming together, you, you, you see beforehand, don't even think about it. Um, when you think that you've worked it out, it's just when it starts going into the weird loops that's when you're kind of like, right, this has all turned out to be sort of like a fabrication inside the husband's mind. Basically, William Defoe is not a cop; he's your dad. He's a psychiatrist. He's trying to get you to stop having sex with your sister. Which is quite right, quite right, as a father, as you probably should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it was it was once you realise that that apartment isn't real; it's just it's just like a state in the husband's mind to try and help him forget things yeah. of like what it's he's done. Way of, it's a way of coping of yeah, it's a way happened. of coping with everything that's gone on. Um, it's like right, okay. You didn't need to have. Like, they, they could have mentioned Bumblebee 
but left out the fact that she's got cancer. Like, she's not a character you meet. She's just someone on the voice. Someone on the phone who you're like, hey, can you tell your dad not to do this? But they gave her this really dark backstory of like, hey, she's dying. And you're like, well, you know, that uh, you, didn't, you don't need that. It never plays, it never really plays into the game, apart from when you give the watch over. Um, See, this is an, like, an issue I had with, with the game, is like, the watch is such a huge focus. So I need that watch, I need that watch. And he's always coming and he's killing people for this watch. He kills your wife at some point if you play it in a certain way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so what I did, right, I was like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? You've got this table, and the, because it's sort of like a studio apartment type thing. You've got this table. I thought, I'm going to turn, I'm going to put my wife to sleep, put her in the room, turn the light off, shut all the doors, take the watch, sorry, take the watch first, shut all the doors so you can't see the wife laying in the room, put the watch on the table and turn the big light on and hide in the cupboard. <laughs> oh. Right? So I thought, let's try this. <laughs> Maybe he'll see us just leaving the watch out on the table. Because when you're in the when you're in the little closet thing, uh, it's in the first sort of first person view. Yeah, you can see what he's walking around and what he's doing, and I recognize the part. So he comes in and he like goes to what the bathroom goes in the bathroom, checks the bathroom, comes out and goes towards the kitchen. At some point, he's standing in front of the table, directly looking at the table. So I thought, oh, right. oh maybe if I put the watch there. And this is when I was trying to figure out what to do, and I couldn't like. By this point, I couldn't figure out how to kill him. Uh, so I thought. I'll put the watch on the table, turn the light on, I'll put the can- the fake candles next to it to light it up even more. <laughs> so I was like, I'll do this, I'll do that. It's very obvious that this watch is sitting right here, and he's standing there, standing right in front of it, looking at it, and then just walks away from it. I was like, ah, oh. like, That kind of ruined it for me there. I was like, oh, I've yeah. literally placed it on a silver platter for him, and he just didn't pick it up. And the game's just like weirdly janky at times as well. Like mm-hmm. The character animation, it felt, it reminded me of the old Sims, when you're like, Telling your character where to go, and you can like sort of see them walking and like clicking into the animation to do the thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I get caught when I, because once you do so many loops, you get used to what to do. So I always used to hide in the cupboard first and like immediately call the daughter, uh, and then I go back out and like try and set everything up. And by that point, the wife's in the bedroom, like reading on her or little chair, and she realizes you're home. And she got caught in the door frame a lot for me when I tried to get in there to like. Because I wanted to get in there to turn the light off in time. Because sometimes I couldn't get by her. Uh, Stuff like that. And it it gets to a point, like, as we mentioned earlier, when you get stuck. The game's a point-and-click adventure type game. Or similar, mechanics-wise. Becomes more of, like, a guess-and-drag. So, like, oh, let's try it. Let's take this and put this here. See what happens here. Uh, To, like, figure out where to go and stuff like that. Um, And one, one thing... Because before that, because I've been waiting for this game for a long time, like six years or so. When I read up about it, they said this is like a six six to eight hour game. I thought, wow, like where is this game going to go between six to eight hours? Like it go anywhere? And I thought it was good because have you ever watched? You you know the concept behind like Groundhog Day, don't you? Mm -hmm. It's a similar thing where the guy he's trapped in a time loop. The time loop is like a day, twenty four hours, and the, the majority of that film is like. The guy realizing he's in this time loop and he's like losing his mind. He's like he can't cope. He's like, oh my god, like I'm going through the same day over and over again. And he gradually over the course of the film begins to accept, okay, I'm stuck in this time loop. And it's the same with Palm Springs with like Andy Sandberg as well. Like it's a twenty like 
he's caught in a time loop with this other woman for like a day and it goes through the same thing where he's, like, he's, he's tried every way to kill himself blah 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 but then he comes to terms with the fact okay I'm stuck in this day long time loop and this literally after the first loop you're suddenly fine with being caught in a 12 minute loop yeah. <laughs> you don't really you don't really question the fact you're caught in this loop um, so like because well, you can uh, as I was talking about the guess and drag thing so I wonder if happens I just try and kill myself so then like the first time you try he's like really hesitant <laughs> then you try again right. and then he just then every time after that he's just like happily killing himself or his wife you can kill your wife as well which is pretty dark um, yeah. so like, they just like oh I shouldn't do this then stab then literally every time after that he's like just content with stabbing himself when you do it that's becoming easier Right. Yeah, so, so in my head, I sort of imagined it like the six to eight hour long game where you're at first you don't really have much control, but he was going through the motions of like watching this character deal with the fact that he's caught in this time loop. I thought it was a missed opportunity. I thought they could have really went in places with that where you know you, you try, you know, you go down this dark path of like trying finding ways of killing yourself, like jumping out the window or like drowning yourself in the toilet or something or uh that kind of thing, but they didn't really go there, and I was kind of disappointed by that. They, they kind of settle into the fact you're in a time loop very quickly, but I feel like if it was any other human, you would... you wouldn't cope with it that quickly. Mm-hmm. You'd be caught in this, like, dive dash straight, basically, where you're like, I, I need to get out of this, and you'd try everything possible for ages. And 12 minutes isn't a long time to come to terms with that, no. compared to something like 24 hours and these other, like, Pam Springs or Groundhog Day. Um, and it also got to a point where because you're going through the loops so many times, like because you're really into the story at first and the characters, and like you're always talking to your wife and asking her about a book, and trying to find get more dialogue out of her. Um, so it got to the point where you stop seeing them as like I stop seeing them as characters, more of like pieces of a puzzle. Eventually, so like, okay, let's try and get you to do this and do that. Uh, because you're going through the motions so many times, that twelve minutes over and over and over and over and over, uh, you kind of just stopped caring at that point that you're having an incestual relationship with your sister. Uh, it's weird. It's, it's, I still enjoyed it, though. I love the concept. It just didn't hit the mark for me. It just it kind of fell off at the end. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's a shame. But I, I would and still just, recommend it. It's on Game Pass. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, if you've got Game Pass, definitely. It's definitely worth a bash. Oh, 100%. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I'd be, like, you know... If someone went, oh, what do you think of 12 minutes? I probably would just be like, oh, it's alright. Um, don't think I'd be you saying, must oh, like it's the second coming like, You must play this. Yeah, Death Store, have to play it. 12 minutes. If you want to play it, then I wouldn't stop you. It's not a bad game, but it's not one that I would be like, oh, you need to rush and play this. It's amazing. Like, it's mind-blowingly good. It's, a, it's an average 6 out of 10 for me. Oh, and uh, yeah, I think that's a fair, fair score. I think if it was a little bit more polished and didn't go down that weird path. Uh, See, like, my thinking is that they've got these really big names. So you've got like, James McAvoy, um, what's her name, Ray from Star Wars, Desley, um, Ra- Daisy Ridley, Daisy Ridley, and Willem, uh, Willem Dafoe. It's like you know that way. It's like it almost sort of feels like they blew their budget getting the three of them, <laughs> and they're like, right. Okay, cool. We've got some really high-profile names, but we now need a game, um, and we'll need to try and make something a wee bit sort of out there. And they have, um, just maybe a wee bit 
they pushed the boat out and the boat never stopped and <laughs> it, it, it kept going um it was just it just it crashed into weird. an iceberg crash into an iceberg it sunk it was it was going so so well and it crashed into an iceberg it, that game is the titanic confirmed <laughs> it was nice until it crashed into the iceberg it's been 84 years it's been 84 caught years caught in this time loop <laughs> yeah. I remember the first time loop 84 years ago and I'm still trying to work it out <laughs> yeah. oh, a bit depressing yeah, I, thought, I thought Daisy Ridley's and James uh, McAvoy you honestly couldn't tell it was them I couldn't tell, really the ac- could tell it was James very, McAvoy at all yeah they're they're really good at the accents uh, decent performances overall I, I feel like the it's not necessarily their fault. I think it was just the direction of some of the the voiceover was a bit off at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, when your wife is like being manhandled, or not, no, sorry, not being manhandled, but walking out the door. Because sometimes, if you there's a point early in the game where you try to convince your wife, you tell your wife that you know all about the murder, and you convince her that you're in a loop. There's like some trigger where you accidentally, like she just doesn't want to talk to you anymore, and says, "I want to leave," or wants to walk out. And she's like sobbing and getting ready to walk out the door. And if you just keep clicking on it, it just goes, babe. babe. <laughs> yeah, babe. 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 <laughs> babe. <laughs> well, like, see, when the cop is like, um, like tying up um, your wife as well. <laughs> Sir. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> Sir. <laughs> Click on the, the wife, babe. Babe. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all this is going on. <laughs> All this horrific stuff. Yeah. Babe. But yeah. It's a, it's a decent little game. On Game Pass. Highly... Uh, well, the, I was going to say highly, highly recommend it. Highly it's... recommend Game Pass, but uh, if you want to have a, a quick sort of four to five hour game with easy, fairly easy achievements, uh, it's good for that, at least. I'd say so. For your achievement yeah. hunters, go for it. Definitely. So I'll go next. So... I've got a couple games here. Oh, sorry, Bill. Go ahead. Oh, you want to say oh, I was going to say what I would like to talk about next is the Call of Duty Vanguard Alpha. Okay, let's do that, definitely. Um, because... So basically it was one game mode, wasn't it? Um, Champions Hill, or Champion Hill. Was yeah, I had no... I, I went into this Alpha thing thinking it's just going to be Deathmatch. I was and thinking that as well. Just like one map, or some, one or two maps on Team Deathmatch. And that, w- that was going to be your whack. But they introduced this new game mode called Champion Hill. Um, basically, the premise of it is is that it's uh, was it eight teams of two, six teams of two, six two teams or of three, two, I yeah. think. Yeah, there's a few um, up and they added later on. Yeah, so they had duos and trios. Um, when I played it, well, no, trios was live when I was playing it, but I only played it in duos. Um, so you had duos and trios, um, and you had six teams of two or three battling it out in a tournament style. Very quick matches of Call of Duty. Um, yeah, because you're in this, like, you start off in this sort of hub area where everyone's like, and there's like these four chests where you can upgrade your weapon, your perks, or I can't remember what the other two are, um, or your armor, that kind of thing. So everyone starts there and it counts down, and everyone's put into these, like, four maps, or four or five, six maps maybe, that surround this hub area. And they're like many Call of Duty maps. And you, it's like 2v2 or 3v3, and you have a set amount of lives, and you have to try and survive for as long as possible without losing any lives. 
basically you, you go through these cycles where the match lasts for a certain amount of time try and take out as many lives as possible the opposite team you're brought out and you can collect cash in those little maps you're brought out and you can upgrade your ability uh, ability your perks or buy more armor or even during while you're in the game as well you can like push R on the, the left on the d-pad or right on the d-pad and upgrade your gun uh that's another thing you can buy in the hub area is guns uh and you basically just go through that until basically there's, there's only two teams left and you're battling it out genuinely brilliant. You, yeah, yeah i, I thought it was a really a really interesting interesting mode because i'm not expecting like, it because when i loaded it up and was trying it i was expecting it to be so you had 12 you've got 12 lives and it would be it's like twelve lives per match, so it was basically you had to fight it out. Um, lose the first team, you know, first team to lose all those twelve lives would progress into the next, and you begin again twelve lives. But it's twelve lives total from beginning to end, and mm-hmm. there's extra lives hiding around the area, or like it's like one one per round, I think. Well, you get 12, an extra life twelve or... lives on the duos and eighteen on the the trios. I should right, think. twelve eighteen on trios. Um, and there's an extra life that you can find on the arena, or you can right. buy an extra life in that hub area. So oh, can, I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't realize you can, that you can buy extra lives, but they're really expensive. So you need to do uh, a lot of murdering to get, make sure you get your money up to buy them. So it's like it's not really necessarily a game of who can kill the most. It's a game of how do I preserve the twelve lives that I've currently got to progress into the next round. So you've got this balance of like, right, okay, I need to kill them to get make sure that they lose lives, but I need to make sure that I'm not running around like an idiot in plain sight. So then I'm sacrificing some of my precious lives um, just for the sake of trying to kill them once or twice. The way I was kind of looking on it is that if I came across a team who were genuinely very good, stay back and try and defend. Yeah, you stay have, slow, you stay have to guard. It's not like deathmatch where you you can just run around and you can just yeah it's get like first team seventy five like, or something yeah your your lives matter aye it's it's like what you losing a life costs you dearly um so it's this sort of like this fine balance of like I need to go kill the other team while defending my my twelve lives um and then you'll get someone in your team who just runs around going <laughs> when they just keep dying they haven't quite grasped. The importance yeah. of the twelve lives that you have. Obviously, it's, it's only it's an alpha. It's a new game mode. People probably didn't really know hundred percent what they were doing. I didn't. Um, no, 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 I didn't either. It took, it took me two or three rounds to go like, ah, right, okay, I get it now. Um, I, I, even still, like while the alpha was on, I hadn't quite worked out hundred percent how I wanted to start and how I wanted to end. Um, because you can buy different perks, you can buy grenades or armor packs, that kind of thing, but. Like, if you kill someone, and I think it's only once they're out, as in, like, that's them, they've, they're out of lives, you get their loot. Um, that's right. So, that's right, so yeah. if they've got an upgraded gun to max, you get their upgraded gun. So it's, it's you can handy. You take into the next round with the other team. Yeah, that, that, that is then with you. You pick it up and that is then, then you're gone. Um and they get like their money and stuff as well. So it is, it's it's quite like obviously the further you go, the better chances that you're going to end up with something decent. Um, but no, I, I, it's good because it's a game mode that I thought was quite well designed for everyone. So 
regardless if you're two or three, you can either play it as kind of like a like kind of laid back, kind of like right, okay, we'll just have a couple matches of this without really thinking too much about it. It doesn't matter. Um, or you can be really coordinated with it and be like, right, okay, that's we're going to focus. It's kind of like a game mode for everyone. Because um, that's the kind of thing that if you compare Champion Hill to Warzone, for example, Warzone's very much like, I'm focusing on this 100% mm-hmm. and I'm going to snipe that guy from across the map. Um, yeah. It's like you're 100%, you have to sweat on it. You have to be like, right, murdering many many people. Whereas that was like, all oh, right, okay. I've, I came fourth that time. That's not bad. I'll take that. Um, and then you move on and you're, you're not getting annoyed by it because you're killed in the first 100 people. Yeah, exactly. I actually managed to win my first match as well. I had, oh, I had I second. Because uh, I, didn't, I didn't actually realize you could buy life. So I was wondering why we were suddenly constantly surviving despite being very low in lives. Yeah, you um, can buy lives. Yeah, I didn't realize that. But yeah, I, I came away from it thinking that's actually a really cool... Because I was going in expecting it just to be deathmatch. Um, yeah, because it usually thinking, is. This is. Yeah, exactly. They always have been. I don't think there's ever been a Call of Duty uh, Alpha or Beta that doesn't I have a deathmatch. So. I'd imagine um, the Beta will be deathmatch. I believe it is, yeah. Um, so I saw, I saw some negativity on Twitter, but I think, like you said, I think it came a lot from people just not understand yet and they wanted deathmatch because that's the default where you go. But I thought it was a really fun little really well thought out it was, it was clearly put a lot of effort was put into thinking how to make this work and it's, it's something very different I've yet I've never played in any other game uh, well any other card game especially um, it's good it's, it's kind of got me a little bit more I wouldn't say excited but I'm more intrigued about uh, where those games got to go yeah, yeah I'm curious I'm really excited by Vanguard though like, I was yeah, excited just, about I've, Cold War, but I'm really looking... For, I think it's just the whole World War II thing. It's like, right, okay, finally we're going back the way. Yeah, so we were fans of that theme. A lot of people are saying, oh, why are we going back again? Which I understand has been done to death in the past, but... Uh, I, I, I like a lot of historical stuff, and I'm interested to see where they go with it. Um, especially since it's using the same engine as Modern Warfare. Because I thought, like, I enjoyed Cold War, but it was definitely felt like a dip. In quality compared to Modern Warfare, I felt like Modern mm-hmm. Warfare was like a new. Uh, that was a, just a few a, a massive refresh for me for COD, uh, and one that was needed. Yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. Modern Warfare that reboot was absolutely excellent, and I absolutely love it. Uh, so hopefully they'll pull off something similar with uh, Vanguard. So Bill, that is Vanguard discussed. Yeah, shall we move on to? Uh, I suppose I'll combine both. Uh. Psychonauts 1 and 2. Yeah, right. So I've not played these, so I'm not going to have much of an input on this. Yeah, I don't know, because I obviously get a Game Pass, is it? Um, Psychonauts 2 is out uh, on Game Pass, and I thought, I really want to play it. It's another Double Fine game. Uh, and it's a big release for, for Xbox, especially, because they obviously own Double Fine. Mm-hmm. So I thought... <laughs> I need to check this out, but I knew I wasn't talking nonsense in that because I was having a, a customer came in, um, and was starting talk was like talking about it because they were like, "I want a physical copy for the PS5," and it was like, "That's only Ooh, a digital that's not game." Happening. Yeah, yeah, that's not happening. It's just digital only. The only way um, you can get a physical copy for the consoles is if you, um, 
uh, I can't remember, like funded it on Fig when it came out. Yeah, that's the only way to get. And even then, it's only like PS4 copies. It's not like PS5, like PS5. versions. All There's right. no native PS5 version. There's only a PS4 Pro version for Psychonauts Two. Yeah. Um, but on Xbox, it's like Xbox One and the Series X and S versions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think it'll, it'll ever be a. Well, I'm sure there'll be a physical version at one point, but. Not for PS5. I don't think there'll ever be a PS5 native version. No, it's because Xbox own doubles. But that was basically what I was trying to say. It was like, oh, no, no, Microsoft doesn't own Double Fine. I was like, no, they do. <laughs> they bought them. Yep, they definitely do. Um, uh, oh, no, no, that's, that's rubbish, that's rubbish. I then stormed out, and I was like, <laughs> turned around to someone who I worked with, and I was like, did I get that wrong? <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure that they do. No, you got, you got it right. Because I knew it was out on PlayStation, but... Um, yeah, that'll probably be the last time they'll release a game on PlayStation. They, they, they couldn't, because they, they, when the Fig thing came out, like they promised PS4 and Xbox, and also they couldn't take that away when people uh, funded it directly. And I think they even receive a portion of the process, depending on how much they funded. So you can't like say to someone, hey, I'm going to invest in this PS4 version, then take it away from them when they've invested in it and expect some amount of money back. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why they couldn't. They were sort of contractually obliged to keep that version in. But going forward, I can't imagine there will ever be a a, a double fine game on PlayStation again. No. Speaking of double fine, Psychonauts one and two. As I said earlier, a sort of inspiration to play it was knowing that Psychonauts two was coming. Out. I've always heard of Psychonauts one, uh, but just never played it. I thought I'll load it up. It's on Game Pass. And the initial impressions. Uh, I love the Series X. Because it has the auto HDR and it up the game to 4K. So the game, like for a 15, 16 year old game, the game looked good. Uh, and the game really popped and it's quite a colorful game. So having that just playing it natively on the Series X with a high res and auto HDR is absolutely fantastic. And I think that made me enjoy it more. Um... But yeah, it's basically about this. You're, you play this uh, little character called Raz, short for Rasputin, and he's fled the circus and he tries to sneak into this this camp, but he's caught by the the, the psychonauts. Um, and they they agree when you sneak in, they, they they agree to let you stay there until your parents come. But they refuse to let you take part in any of the like, the psycho the psychonauts activities. Um. But they do allow you to take part in this thing called basic braining. Because basically Psychonauts camp is like a brain training camp. Uh, right. So you go through this basic basic braining course. Uh, and the way that works is you're introduced to this sort of old world general guy. Uh, and the basic braining is he gives you this little door and you throw the door on his head and the door opens and you can go inside his mind. And you go inside his mind, and inside his mind is themed based on his mindset, basically. Um, and 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 his head is because he's an army warrior, you know, and in his head like you know, a war is happening. Uh, that's basically the tutorial level. So you're as, as a platformer, you're jumping around, uh, and as you're going through the the level, you collect these. There's a lot of collects. So it was very collectibles heavy. So there's this one. These collects was called figments. The astral figments, which are like little pictures, sort of like things like of themed in you know where you are or what's happening, 
or themed on like his thoughts. Uh, you also come across these little b- suitcases or purses or duffel bags that cry, and they're called mm. emotional baggage. Uh, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Uh, and you have to find these tags. Uh, and when you find the tag, you have to attach it to emotional baggage, and the bag stops crying, and it gets all happy, and floats away. Uh, and the other, uh, the other collectible I mentioned, the the figments. When you collect like a hundred of them, it upgrades. You have you can upgrade from like one to one hundred. If you can collect ninety nine of them, you upgrade a level. And if you collect so many emotional baggages, uh, that also upgrades your level as well. That's basically the premise of the game. We're going through into people's minds. But my main issue with the game at the, the very beginning uh, is that it forces you to grind to find these thing called arrowheads because the camp the camp is built on this ancient burial ground, this Indian burial ground, uh, and when you're walking uh, running around, you see these sort of this, these, these purple sparks appearing, and the purple sparks when you go up to and push Y, these these arrowheads, and the, these arrowheads are this currency uh, to basically buy things in the shop. And you have to find like 500 of them and whenever you pick them up you can only it only gives you like one or two so I thought oh god like and the thing you want to upgrade is find upgrade you know in Clarkson's farm where he's walking around those two rods and they like mm-hmm. when you're yeah. doing, he's looking for the water this is basically a version of that but instead of finding water you find arrowheads with it so you're trying to save up to get that because when you buy that it gives you even more arrowheads when you do find them um, so you have to save up for that because you need to save up to get this um this vacuum thing to remove cobwebs in the brain, that's another collectible. And it basically forces you into that path uh, to, to well not technically it gives you the impression that you have to go down that path uh, but actually when you go, and it doesn't get it's a bit that directionless as well because you have to go and meet this guy called Agent 9 I think his name is, N-E-I-N uh, you have to go and find him but it doesn't tell you where he is um and the only way you can come across him is by, I think, I think by doing it naturally. From what I remember, it doesn't directly tell you to go see him, because when you first come out of doing your first basic braining, it tells you you have to get this item. Uh, I think maybe you do have to get it initially. I can't remember, but either way, it's, it starts off with grinding, which I don't think is a very good way to start off a game. Basically, you go you go find this agent nine, and you take part in this experiment. Uh, where I can't remember exactly what the experiment in as exactly it's this you go into this mind thing, this brain thing. A lot of focus on my, on the mind, obviously. And when you're in there, you come across a vision of this doctor, this doctor Loboto, who's this 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 old di- uh, scientist who's extracting people's brains. Uh, and you have this vision, and you tell people that they refuse to refuse to believe you. Um. And you come across these other teachers as well that you try and convince and then when, you, when you're talking to them, they give you different abilities. Uh, and you go into their minds where so you, you meet your teachers. I can't remember, I think, oh, what's the, I can't remember what the teacher's name is. Uh, Millie or something, I can't remember. Um, so you go inside her head and you learn this ability to allows you to jump even higher and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you've learned all the abilities from your, your teachers, sort of the, the story progresses. This is where the game really shines because each when you jump into each person's mind, it's just a completely different level with different mechanics in each level. It's one of my favorite ones. 
is when you have to go under the ocean in this bath sphere thing. And you fight this big fish, and the fish is really angry, and you defeat the fish in the boss fight, and it starts talking to you. And the reason he's like acting like this is because he's like messed up in his head. So then you throw the door on him, and there's just this big sort of piranha-looking thing. You throw the door in his head, you jump in, and suddenly you're basically King Kong in this metropolis. It's called Longfishopolis. And all the people all the people are little fishes. And you're in this massive city, you're the size of King Kong. Uh, and you have to go through the city and try and progress through. And at one point you're literally standing on skyscrapers punching airplanes at the, play, at the sky and stuff like that. Um, which I thought was really neat. Uh, like each level was just so unique and like something I've never really played in any other game up until I played this. Yeah. And the main highlight being there's just one called the Milkman Conspiracy, which is probably the weirdest level I've ever played in any game. Uh, but you're basically you go in someone's mind, and it's like this. It's based in like the '60s, but it's like really messed up, where the roads are like spiraling around in the sky and stuff like that, and you're like floating in the sky as well. And all the people are like those, uh, you know, those G-men from like uh, yeah. that have the hats and the glasses on and stuff like that, and what the XLs and that kind of thing. So the world is filled with G-men, like, pretending to be, that are undercover, pretending to be real people. Uh, so they're, like, holding, like, you know, a, a, pair of, a pair of shears and going, yes, I am cutting the bushes. I am holding my pair of shears, cutting the bushes. Or you come across another one who's, like, a plumber saying, yes, I love plumbing, I love cleaning out the sewers. Uh, and you go your way through, and it's just a really weird, messed up level. Uh, Oh, I will get too, uh, too, in, too much into it because I can't quite remember all of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it is very weird. Um, so basically that is the, the the premise of the game. And you just go through... You meet new people, you jump into their mind, and it's just a, 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 a level based on what's in their head themed to that character. Uh, for yeah. example, you, came across, you come across this woman who was a, an, a, used to be an actress. And you have to collect her award, but she doesn't let you pick it up. Because she's like again, kind of messed up in the head. A lot of it is like mental health focused, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe I shouldn't say things like messed up in the head, that kind of stuff. But um, they are very strange characters. Um, so when you jump into her head, you have to put on a play uh, and that kind of thing. It's just it's just really cool and really different. Um, and I ended up thoroughly enjoying it towards the end. Uh, I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. But that brings me to Psychonauts Two, which is basically. The same start, the same thing, the same premise, uh, except it looks so much better and it plays so much better as well. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 it just plays phenomenally. It feels so good compared to the first one because the first one has got this slight delay when you push the button. It's like a second delay when you push A. Uh, you do wrap your head around that eventually, uh, but it's it is a little difficult at first. But Psychonauts Two. Uh, it's a bit more story focused. There's a little bit more cutscenes. There's dialogue options as well. Uh, I genuinely think Psychonauts Two may end up being my game of the year. Oh really? I, I, can't, get... I can't get over how good it is. It's a really special game. Uh, it's just so much better in every single way. And I went in not with the highest expectations. So I was kind of thinking, oh, I wonder if they're going to do the same thing again. But it'll just feel a little bit better. But the they are kind of doing the same thing again, but it's significantly better. They've really nailed it, and it feels the quality of the levels alone is significantly higher than the first game. Because there's some levels where it's like, oh, I just can't, I'm not enjoying this. 
there's like two or three that I didn't really like that play one I mentioned to put on a theater performance. I just really didn't like that. I like the concept of it and the idea, but the execution of it wasn't that great. Yeah. But and this is so much better. Like you meet your your family and stuff like that. You join the academy as an intern and you have to like prove yourself. And you go on missions and stuff like that. Um there's more like hub areas, larger hub areas that you can explore. Uh, and find collectibles, these side cards I forgot to mention, if you find 9 side cards that also upgrade your level as well um, there's more abilities, because you can switch the abilities are tied to like RB, LB and the two triggers uh, and you can there's like 4 abilities you can have actively at once and you can switch them out, so there's one where you've got this ball thing you can run on there's one you've got you can shoot uh outside bullets there's one where you get this hook thing that allows you to pull enemies towards you and there's one uh it lets you create fire this ra- radius area of effect fire ability thing uh and as you progress for the game further you get more and more abilities um and you can switch them out at any time uh and it's just excellent and it's honestly worth playing <sighs> it's, it's worth playing for this one level featuring Jack Black. And that's all yeah. I'll say. Uh, he is excellent. Say no more. Game. Say no uh, more. He is. That level is, ap- is absolutely stunning. My jaw was on the floor at how good that level looked. I thought, oh my god, this is absolutely gorgeous. It is just synesthesia and a game level. It's just huh? colors upon colors upon colors. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um. I'm just really impressed by it. I think it's fantastic. And it plays amazing on the Series X. You've got the option for 4K60 and it's in HDR and it looks beautiful. You've also got a 120 option, a 1440p120, but I put it back to 4K because it just looked so good. Yeah. Um, 4K60. It's really... I want you to play Psychonauts 2. It's so good. It's a really special game. No, give it a like If you like the, the concept of, you know, jumping into people's minds and the and the... the the levels are based on you know theme of that person and what's going on in their head. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, it's a good. It's, it's mostly because I think the issue I had with the first game was like the platforming wasn't just quite there. It was decent enough, but you also had the combat, and the combat wasn't quite there because the co- locking on to enemies in the first game was really difficult. Because it's like those old classic games where because these day these days the aiming is based on where the camera is pointing. Yeah. Well, you could be running away from the enemy. But still be looking at the menu with the camera, but still shoot at them and hit them. Whereas in the the older game, the first game, you have to be directly looking at the enemy. It is based on where the character looks, not where the camera is. There was instances where I was like running away from a boss, trying to shoot him, but then I was shooting away from the boss because the character was looking the other way. Um, so they fully they improved they improved that. They got a good lock on system now. It allows you to switch enemies. Um, so you can jump in and out of melee attacks and using your abilities and stuff like that. Uh, is it it's worth just fantastic. Playing, is it worth playing the first game before uh, playing the second one? I would. I don't. You don't have to because that's what I forgot to mention. They give you a. They play like a five minute video breaking down the first game, huh. and that tells you the story. Uh, there you go. Yeah, you can jump straight into the second one and not feel like you have missed too much. It's the story. There's not a lot of story in the first game. You can just jump into the. Basically, the premise of stories, you know, your every video game story where you fight your way to the, the boss and defeat the boss, uh, try and defeat the boss. Uh, 
there is one character I'll need to find the name of him I'll look right now but there was one scene where this is a funny game that makes you chuckle a few times but there's this one scene in the first game that absolutely just caught me off guard uh, I'll see if I can find his name uh PSH Knots what's his name Mr. Pokelope Sir. So at the end of the game, you're you meet this character, and she's like, "Oh, can you please save Mister my Mister Pokelope? It's this little turtle with a little crown, like a little sapient turtle." And she's uh, close friends with Shigor, which is this uh, sort of Igor looking as the female version of Igor, basically, because uh, she's the assistant to the doctor. Um, so he's like, "Oh, please, please find him, please bring him back." So you go get him, cute little turtle. You lure him with cake. Uh, and you rescue him, and and <laughs> she goes, "Oh, you found him! You found him!" And he picks her up, and says, "Oh, I miss you so much, uh, Mister Pokelove. I miss you so much." Then he goes, "Don't worry, baby. Daddy's home. Oh, <laughs> Daddy's here." <laughs> like, whoa! <laughs> that's I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "Whoa!" Don't worry, baby. Daddy's here. <laughs> baby. <laughs> so I was not expecting that just really caught me off guard and I thought it was very funny uh, <laughs> so it's worth watching that scene um, yeah you don't need to play the first one you can just jump straight in the second one and just have such a good experience with it I highly recommend it it's, it's, the, it's the again the, the only issue I have with it is the map the maps are awful but it's easy to navigate around the areas and figure out where you're going because everything's got like big neon signs and stuff so it's just like a like a mind map where it shows like sectors but it doesn't show exactly where you are so it shows you sectors where you've been um, and some of the sectors are greyed out because you can't get to them yet because you don't have the ability yet to get there mm-hmm. um, but yeah other than that like um, I'm just absolutely loving the game I think it's just fantastic uh, but yeah that is Psychonauts oh, good stuff I'll, I'll give it a bash on the back of that You've yeah, I mean, it's me. on Game Pass. Like you can no, no, give you it a, if it's not for you to. or if people out there is like if you got Game Pass, give it a bash. And even if you're a PlayStation player as well, like, it's is worth picking up. Like it's such a good just because it's associated with Microsoft and you don't want to play it. Like I put that aside and just play this game as excellent. It's probably one of the strongest games I've made. It's just such high quality. And, I mean, Brutal Legend isn't. Well, they're very different games. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, though Jack Black, his talents is put to use. That's all I'll say. That's good. Yeah, he's he's fantastic in it. His story arc is excellent. It's, it's a yeah, good good use of Jack Black. That alone makes it a fantastic game, in my yeah. opinion. Oh, even if it was a bad game, it would still be the best game this year because Jack Black. Yeah, because he's just in it and he's. He's there, yeah. He's just he's, he's so good at everything he does. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yep. Daddy Jack. It took, it took me a while to click on it was Jack Black as well. Oh, wait a minute. This <laughs> sounds awful like Jack Black. Uh, that smooth yeah. voice sounds familiar. Exactly. He's excellent. But yeah, Psychonauts 2. Everyone, play it. And you as well, Bill. Okay. I will. So you've got another game you want to talk about? The final right. game? Yep, so... Before we move on to another discussion. Right. So... One I'm just going to bring up was Aliens Fireteam Elite. Um, 
there's it's, it's a weird one because it's not really one I could sit and talk about for ages. Like you've talked spoken uh, about like Psychonauts. Imagine playing Left 4 Dead. Great, got an image in your head. You're playing Left 4 Dead, but in third person, a decent third yep. person at that. Right now, imagine that you're playing Gears of War. Mm. Got got the image of Gears of War. I do. Right, blend them together, and you've got Aliens Fireteam Elite. Um, that ah. is basically that game in a nutshell. Right, we're done. Okay. <laughs> um, it's it's basically <laughs> it. So the way the game works is that you start off your given these, you've got four missions that you need to do. Um, and inside each mission, there's like three sub-missions. So, but these levels aren't actually what you'd be, you know, they're not short. Each one, like, it would oh. take you, once you know what you're doing, about 15 to 20 minutes per run. So each chapter, so to speak, would take maybe about an hour, maybe a wee bit longer for the first time you play it, because you're like wandering around going, oh, what's, what's down here? What's down here? But the game really is just Left 4 Dead meets Gears of War. But instead of zombies you're shooting, it's aliens. Um, they even like even down to like the, inspe- the I was going to say special infected, but the special zombies, they are just like the special infected from Left 4 Dead, you've got a spitter, you've got a tank, oh, you've wow. got a hunter. So the hunter's called a prowler in Aliens. Um, the warrior is the tank. The spitter is the spitter. Um, it's very, oh. very, it's very, very similar um, and, and to, to Left 4 Dead. Um, does that make it a decent game? Yes. Um, it's good. I really, really like it. Uh so, because you know that way where you pick up. So it's a £35 game set in the Aliens universe at uh, age 16. And you just look at it and you're like, oh, that's not going to be good. Yeah, and it's like it's fairly it's fairly cheap for a PS5, a PS5 and Series X game as well, isn't it? Yeah, like, so I played the PS. 25 to £35. For a bit of, bit of diversity because we've spoken a lot about Game Pass, but I played this on PlayStation. <gasps> um, I know so I played this, the PS5 version I played. Um, like, the game, like, basically what happened, the story behind it was is that it came out, and then a couple of guys at work were like, oh, we want to play it, we want to play it, but we need a third. And they're like, right, Billy, buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. And I was like, right. Okay, fine. Kind of thinking, right, it's probably going to be one of these ones. We'll quickly blast through it. We'll all trade it in within a couple of days. Um... We'll have a bit of fun with it. It won't be all that great. And then it'll be like a one and done type deal. Um, and then we all came away going, that's fabulous. That was brilliant. Um, mm. So, you've got... The, the game is designed to be played with three people. So you are... It's in the name of the title. You're a fire team. You're three people. Um, even if you can play the game solo, so when you join a mission, you can either go straight into a public lobby and match makes with two random people or you can play with AI but the game actually tells you whether because there's a whole pile of diff- different difficulties and the game actually does say right um, AI, decent on easy AI will do a job on normal, AI is useless on hard AI is, there's no point like you will not beat this with an AI character mm. so the game does actually tell you where to play online and where 
like if you want if you're playing solo that is the game shines if you're playing with other people um i've I've played through a bit of it by myself and it's just not the same you just kind of like run through everything like shoot 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 you're like all right okay that's all right um but when you're playing with other people you're like right this is genuinely excellent it's good fun you have a good laugh with it um the whole way from start to finish is, is downright good fun um so in terms of combat it is just gears of war um it's, there's nothing like imagine playing gears of war you just don't have a chainsaw obviously because it's like alien lore and stuff like chainsaws don't yeah. work because they, they pass it everywhere um but the game it's like the, the combat it's got a cover based it's third it's in third person and you've got a cover and it was quite funny because I was taught when I, we were playing it. I was said at one point, "Is like this game is completely useless for cover, because like an alien comes up to you, hits you, and it knocks you immediately out of cover." But the aliens are quite crafty things; they jump around. Um, they're actually sometimes quite difficult to shoot. Um, and I was like, "There's no point in cover. You're never in cover until you start fighting synths, and then you're like, all right, okay." Cover makes sense now, and it was literally as uh, I said, I like right. there's no point in cover is that when the synth started appearing and you're like, alright, okay. Okay, cover now makes sense. That, that This is a thing. Um, so Outrider's a bit like that as well. There's like cover everywhere, yeah. but like, it's easier just to run around a lot of the time. Yeah, Aliens is the same. So about probably 60% of that game is easier, is easy, is, 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 it's easier just to run around. Um, and then there's just like it's a couple of levels towards the end when you start seeing synths. It's not even that often, to be honest. I think maybe more seventy thirty. That is about right. Um, but it, you, it, it's like the combat for it, though. It's like you can tell that the game's got. It's like it's a thirty-five pound game. It's obviously it's not been like cheaply made, but it's obviously not had big budget put into it, and you can tell that. But that doesn't deter from any of the fun because that game gets crazy. There's some instances in that where you just it just feels like you're really, really overwhelmed. Um, you're like, Jesus, like, there's a wee mini-map and it has like wee white dots and it shows like what's coming towards you and you're just like, you look at the mini-map and it's just tons of things around you. And you're like, oh! Oh! Um, and you're like, right, okay, we need to really, really work out a plan here. Um, you can get wee consumable items, like wee turrets, uh, mines, that kind of thing, to help you out. Um, you, you want turrets. The turrets is basically your best friend in that. The chiral grids are good as well, um, where it slows them down or gives them a shock. Um, and probably, in, like, we only played it on sort of like the standard difficulties, but I imagine on harder. You'll want your grids to really slow down, especially the warriors. Um, they, if they get near you, you're you're gone. Um, you're not going to last very long. Um, and then there's like the spitters and stuff as well that they're really they they are the ones that will cause you real real damage. because um, they just spit everywhere. But obviously, if you get hit, then you're constantly losing health on top of like the wee um, the wee aliens that are just hitting you, um, just like the wee standard ones. Um, but if you're an Aliens fan you'll really enjoy it there's a lot of really really cool moments in it um, and then at the end you unlock what is basically the end game for it but at the same time where all you'll ever play again Horde mode um, ah, interesting. So, and again they've done it in a really really 
good way. It's, a, it's, it's endless rounds, but you have the choice of giving up after 10. Um, so you get a reward for every 10 waves that you survive. Um, and like every other, you know, horde mode, you know, as you go along, the harder it becomes. Um, but like, if you reach 10, then it, go, it comes up, right, okay, this is the rewards you will receive. Do you want to continue on for another uh, another set of 10? And it will, like, it'll double the rewards that you get. Um, but if you die, so let's say you reach round 17, and then you, you all die in round 17, you only get the rewards for your round 10. You don't get any oh, extra. right. Interesting. Um, well, you might get XP, but you don't get like money or anything like that. Um, you get it's the same that if you die between rounds one to ten, you don't get any rewards, but you get XP. Um, main complaints with it: um, the first one was the game does not tell you that there's classes in it. Um, so you've got about four. So you've got four different classes, and then once you beat the game, you unlock a fifth one called Recon. Um. So you've got, uh, I'm trying to remember. You've got Gunner, you've got Doctor, you've got Recon that you unlock after your fifth, after you've completed the game, um, and then t- uh, Technician, and then is it? I can't remember what the heavy guy is called, but you basically have a, what's called the Smart Gun, and that thing just nukes everything. But the game doesn't tell you that these are a thing. It's just when you're messing around in the menus, you're like, wait a minute, what's that? Um, and you could change your class, so obviously Doctor does your healing, um, Gunner is guns, um, you do, that's where your damage lies. Recon, like, uh, Technician gives you, like, a wee drone, Recon gives you, like, su- like it's basically a, a wee drone, but it doesn't fight, it gives you supplies. Um, so it's actually, like, the game's actually really, really cool, you've got different ways in order to play it. Um, so, but the game doesn't really tell you how each class works. Um, we spent ages trying to work out how the doctor class works. Mm. Where, like, they have a tube and they put down this AoE heal. But once the tube's empty, it doesn't tell you how to refill the gauge. You're just kind of wandering around for, for ages like, is that refilled yet? No. Is that refilled? No. Um, It refills from picking up health packs that you see around the world, but you can only have one at a time. So you need to heal up and then pick up a health pack as the doctor. And then basically heal everyone around you. Just to make sure it fills your AoE heal. But the game doesn't tell you that. Um, So, and even like down to like your gunner classes, it doesn't tell you. Basically you just load it up and you'll be like, what's that? So you get a grenade with it. um, A grenade and then one of your moves um, overclocked, it's called. Um, It gives you rapid fire for like 10 seconds. Um, But then there's this whole upgrades perk tree to it as well um, it's actually quite in depth, it's hard to explain without actually having a picture in front of me or a picture to show, but you basically have this grid, um, and the further you level up your class, you have but, but there's you only have so much of the grid available to you, and you have to play the class to unlock more of the grid but on the right hand side there's a list of perks, and those perks then as you can take in with you, so you basically combine them together to make a solid sort of build for your class. Um, but the game doesn't explain any of that. You just have to, you just come across it and you're like, oh yeah. It's like, oh, look at that. Um, that was kind of where I kind of like 
Like, that's where, if, if I had a complaint, that's what it would be. Um, is that it just doesn't really, it doesn't it doesn't scream to you, right? Okay, this I would see a short like two or three minute tutorial for each of the classes, just so you can work out what it is you're meant to be doing. Even just like a pop up screen or something. Yeah, that's all I needed. It's like, oh, you're playing Gunner. Gunner does this. These are your specialty moves. Um, it's it, it just kind of throws you in, and you spend eight, like the first sort of like half hour just kind of like messing around in the menus, going right, what's that? What's that? Um, and then you've got like the specialty shop. You've got you can buy guns as well. Um, there's hidden caches in each of the levels where you can get an attachment or a gun. Um. So the game itself is actually really, really fun, um, and it does. But you you finish it, but you never really feel like, oh, right, okay, that's it. I'm, that's me. I'm I'm done with it now. You actually kind of go like, oh, I should, well, keep playing that. I'll play that again. Um, whether it be like just jump into horde mode for a, a wee round or jump on to try a higher difficulty. Um, the game is genuinely very, very good. It is a co-op game though. Um, I can imagine playing with randoms would maybe get a bit annoying playing by yourself it's again it would be a bit boring um i mean it's still fun but it's just not the same but if you've got two that's if you've got two other people to play with 100 percent do it um because it is a fun game and for 35 quid it seems like this game is it's... filling a, a void that used to exist in the 360 days yeah you like randomly pop into your local game store yeah uh, yeah or your supermarket or something, you say, oh, here's this game for like 25 quid, I've never heard of this, it seems interesting, let's pick it up, and it ends up being like a really decent little game. Yeah. Because you don't really get games like that anymore, like there's a lot of games that pop up on you know, your PlayStation Store, the Microsoft Store, and stuff like that, and you've you never heard of them, and they're like secretly massive games, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's how it is these days, but back in the old days, like when you when we were in college, during our lunchtime, we always popped into the, the game shops, the game station and stuff like that, and CEX, and done our, done our rounds, basically, and tried to find, like, cheap little games you could pick up for 20 quid, then we end up becoming obsessed with them. Yeah. Because we end up being, like, this game sort of seems to have brought that back for, like, Bye. PS5 and Series X, which you don't really get anymore, so it's quite nice no. to hear that it's... A decent. I think I saw it on base. dot com for twenty five pounds. So it seems like it's worth picking up for twenty five. It's pounds. worth. It's worth picking up for twenty five pounds. One hundred percent. Um, it's genuinely a lot of fun. It it, it was a surprise to me because I ruled it out before I even played it. I was like, this game's going to be yeah. I, bad. I genuinely paid no attention to it at all. I didn't even know what really. I, I knew it was like a a life or dead type thing, but I didn't really know much else about it. It was just. It was just because there was a couple of guys at work who were like, oh, we should play it. We should play it. I was like, alright, okay. Um, I'll give it a bash. I, the reason I didn't really pay attention to it, because Aliens is, Aliens and Alien and Aliens just has a, a bad reputation in games, a, apart from like... You Alien mean Colonial Isolation. Marines? Yeah, like Colonial <laughs> Marines or Aliens versus Predators and stuff like that. Uh, on three, you know, the see the amount of consoles. people though, that, um, who come into the shop who, uh, who are asking about it. Um, be like, do you fight a Predator in it? I'll answer that question now. No. <laughs> confirmed. I don't, no like, predator confirmed. No predator confirmed. Um, alien queen, though. Um, but oh. yeah, we'll leave it there. Um, may or may not appear at some point. Though one does not kill 
alien queens. Um, but um, it's like they have confirmed DLC, so Horde mode is getting free updates. So there's only one map out at the moment, but they are releasing more maps for free. Um, and then there's a season pass you can buy. I think it's about twenty five pounds. Um, oh. so obviously there's going to be extra story missions that kind of because the game does kind of just end. Um, there's not even a credit scene. You just finish the game. Um, like one of the people I was playing with got really frustrated that there wasn't like a an ending per se. It just ends. You run into the left and then you're back. There's like a hub area you go to. Well, when I say the hub area, it's your own ship. Um, that's where you can do your upgrades, change your weapons about your loadouts, change your classes. And there's like wee bits of intel and story there as well, if that's what you're into. Um, but there was no, but the game, like once you finish it, there's no sort of closure to it. It just ends. Um, you run into we, a lift. Speaking of games, we finally picked up a game. Remember, Kane Lunch Two. Oh god, speaking yeah. Of games, speaking of games that just end, you literally. Yeah, you, that- Last air level, you're fighting through an airport to get on a plane. You get on the plane, the game just finishes. It finishes, <laughs> you take done. off, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. All right, oh, okay, that's that done. That's funny. Yeah. So I'm it's, guessing it's, they're probably going to wrap it up through the season pass stuff. I would have thought so, yeah, because there's still the issue of the alien queen. Um, oh. Oh. So, like, it does, it, it does seem to be that they're going to continue the story on into the DLC. Um, which to be honest, I'd I'd be tempted by. Um, I I I genuinely like that game enough to be like, you know, I I I will hold on to it. Um, because my my initial plan was to finish it and trade it in, just but I'll get just trade it in as soon as I'm done. Um, but now I'm kind of like I may actually sit and hold on to it for a bit. Um, just because it is, it's 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 good fun. Um, runs really really well. I had a couple of wee sort of like hitches when you were playing online that it was see when it got really busy that you'd lag and the frames would drop a bit and um, we had a couple of issues with sound as well um where guns mm. would just keep firing there was one bit where like a, an attack helicopter comes flying above you and it just goes and that's the sound until you finish the level and it was that was a bit annoying um but other than that though it was generally like a a pretty solid experience from start to finish um, 100% recommended. So like, uh, easy 7 out of 10. 7.5 out of 10. Oh. Um, game's not perfect. It was, you know, it's, but that's fine. It adds to a bit of its charm. It's good fun all around. Got to get a couple that's of the guys good. together. Convince them into buying it. You'll have a laugh. Seems right for Game Pass. It's the, the perfect Game Pass game if it ever comes out for it. Um... If not, then you know Microsoft get on it because it it's a, it's perfect for Game Pass. Um, just be like, get a couple of guys, download it. Probably only take you about six to eight hours to finish it. Um, and then you can so just bad. fire around on harp, uh, horde mode. Um, horde mode's just that's just again, it's just plan. You're just fight aliens nonstop until everyone dies. Um, which is good fun because that's where you know the game is fun. Um, I actually really, really enjoyed Horde Mode. Um, it gets crazy as well, especially when you get like two warriors running at you at the same time. That's insane. Um, genuinely scary as well. Um, but 100% recommended. Um, really, really enjoy it. Um, 
So get a couple guys together and play it. Done. There you go. There you Thumbs go. up from Bell. Thumbs up from me, 100%. I feel a lot better than I was expecting, to be honest, so that's good. Well, same with me as well. I genuinely, I had a, like, see the day I bought it as well, was like, I was just, I, I pretty much just said that this game's going to be not particularly great. Um, it'll be like, it'll be, a, I'll, I'll say, it'll be a, a wee bit of fun, but overall it's going to be very pants. And then you come away from playing it and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get back on that. That was good. Um, so I, I, I even now I'm like, mm, mm. Mm. maybe a wee horde before bed. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's, it's good. It's really, really good. Oh, there you go, folks. If you're thinking of picking up or a bit hesitant, then hopefully that sold you on it. There's something else you wanted to discuss that we talked about this a few weeks back, but you have been looking for a game to... We all have those games, like it was, for me for a while it was Forza Horizon 4, where you just want to switch off and play a game that you just want to put some time into because you can't decide what else to play with all the other backlog that you have. You thought, oh, I, I, you, just want, you have this default game that you want to go back to and just sort of throw yourself into. And you made recently you made that game Fallout 4. Fallout 4. You've delved back into that on the Series X using the FPS boost, so it's in sexy yes. games now. Mm. Uh, and you have something... This is a little discussion we had, because I also sort of followed suit. I haven't put as much time as you into it. Cause I've been playing... Look, I've put like two days into like 48 hours into that game, or nearly, anyway, into playing that. Yeah, because um, I've played a few other games that I haven't added in, because it would take too long. The podcast would go on for like another hour. Uh, including <laughs> Psychonauts I know it's going on a bit longer than I was expecting as well <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I, I thought it would be like an hour at max <laughs> <laughs> well we're great talking so true it went on a bit but anyway we, uh, you, I, I delved into it as well I mean, we sort of came to the same conclusion is that we have a new appreciation for Fallout 4 so Billy take it away what you want to say so Let's, very let's, contra- this may be controversial. Uh, this, this may be controversial. Is, like, I, I, I think a lot of people would disagree with this, and a lot of people would be like, shout, People will switch shout. off the podcast. Yep. Sean's cancelled. Um, let's find them at their door and punch them in the face. But I genuinely think this is true. Um, Fallout 76 makes Fallout 4 good. Um, <laughs> Gotta resail it as oh gosh. Yeah. We're gonna get killed, yes. Um, but it does. Um, and the thinking behind it is that Fallout 76 once you work out how to play that so if you go back and play Fallout 76 now the game's obviously much improved it's much, yeah, much it's better yeah it's a significantly than... better game yeah um, the game's much much better all around they've obviously put a lot of time and thought into it even like the introduction of Fallout Worlds and stuff like you know they've thought about it they're giving us decent content which we're pretty old, which we're pretty happy about um, yeah. you and I play it on a regular basis um, and then you go th- back because like, when you first play Fallout 4 and you're like right this game's great but it's not that great it's not It's not your yeah. Fallout 3 it's no it's New not, Vegas it's, it's no New Vegas which by the way uh, 60 frames on New Vegas anyway that's that's a diversion um, th- then you start playing f- you, you you're like, I enjoyed it, but it's not all that great. And the reason why it's not all that great is because it's the first time they've introduced crafting. It's the first time they've introduced like settlements. Um, you don't get it. You get annoyed. Junk stuff for upgrades as well. Yeah, you You're using need to junk items stuff. throughout the world. Yeah, yeah. and it's this is all sort of very the, annoying. This is sort of the basis of our arguments because 
compared to Fallout, set, Fallout 4 76, in Fallout 4 you're not forced to go down that those routes at all. You can completely ignore the settlements, you can completely ignore to an extent the junk stuff and collecting junk. You can completely ignore the crafting for building houses and stuff like that. Whereas in Fallout 76 the game this is the, the, the still, it still has this issue because we went into Fallout 76 thinking we'll play it just like the old Fallout games where you know, we'll focus our cards because the, the perk card system in that game. We'll focus our cards on getting more storage so we can collect more things. And we never really went down the path of creating a build. Uh, and it forces you down this path of you have to upgrade your weapons, you have to craft, you have to collect junk. And it forces you into these systems that we ignored in Fallout 4 uh, because we just didn't care. Because well, we want to play it like an old Fallout game. We don't want to get involved in settlements. We don't want to get involved with collecting junk and crafting and building houses and stuff like that. Best uh, Harvey can do one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, whereas Fallout 76, it taught us a lot of the mechanics that is in Fallout 4. And going back to Fallout 4, I think because of we were forced to learn all the things in the 100 plus hours we spent in 76, we've gone into it with a great appreciation of what, Fallout, what they were aiming for in Fallout 4. Right. 100%. Um, because you kind of then know, you're like, right, okay, this is what this is what they wanted from you. Um, they wanted you they, to they go and scavenge because, like, because Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas, you come across a tin can, it's worthless. Like, there's no point. Um, whereas in seventy six, it's tin, so you can break that down for tin. It's the same in Fallout Four that like, you can find that and be like, I can upgrade my gun using a tin can. Huzzah! Or like the typewriters that you find lying around will give you because screws that you get from them. Um, so you're like, right, I get it now. I get the pre- I get what they were wanting to achieve with this to the point where you actually go up to a settlement and be like, I could build here. Um, but now the issue of Fallout Four that I've got with it now isn't necessarily the settlement side of things. It's that there's too many settlements. Yeah, there's like, a lot you, of settlements. It's like you, you'd. Basically, you you defend one area. It'll come up with a quest saying, right, you need to defend this area. And you'll be like, right, okay, I'll go do it, defend it. Then you'll walk away right back to the quest I was up to. And then it'll come up again that you need to defend another one of those settlements. To the point where you're like, I can't be bothered anymore. I'm just going to let them die. Um, but if you're watching, yeah, you, you get warnings, don't you, through your pit boy saying, oh, the settlement's in danger. Yeah, and it, and it gives you you know, ample time to get there and defend it. It takes ages before it comes up quest failed. Well, you still ignore it anyway because you're like, right, I'd rather, I'm more interested in what I'm doing. Um, It was just like, it's just that if you wanted to, like, Sanctuary's fine. It's just then when you unlock all the other ones and you're like, right, I need to do this up, need to do that, you need to build it up. But if if you're into your crafting, it's perfect. If you're just wanting a, I'll do, I'll do, I'll maybe build like a couple of quick wee houses for my own use. That's fine, but you only want really. I'd I'd be happy if it was just sanctuary as like one big area rather than, you know, all these different settlements throughout the map. And you're like, I could, you'd you'd be there forever. Yeah, because um, when I originally played it, I purely focused focused on sanctuary and built up. You know, you can knock all the houses down, and I built up houses for everyone and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I whenever I came across a settlement, I was like, I just don't care. Yeah, like, you I'm, just you, you just let nothing I can add here that would make. I would. Just, you can fast travel on you know an unlimited amount of times without having to pay any caps. So I'll just go back to Sanctuary where everyone is anyway. 
See, I quite like the idea that you you can set up trade routes and stuff between all the um between all your all your uh, all your settlements, like stuff like that is like, is really really cool. Yeah, I just it, it's it's just not a part of the game that for me I'm all that interested in. Um, but it's the fact that the fact though that Fallout seventy six once you actually learn learn what that game is and what you're meant to do in it, and then you go back to playing Fallout four, you're just like, right, I get it a hundred percent what the, what the aim of this game was, and you actually come away going like, yeah. It's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Um, still think it's nowhere near on the same level as you know, Fallout New Vegas or uh, Fallout Three. I uh, don't think it ever will be. Well, it won't be now. It's obviously they've finished with it. Um, yeah. But uh, and that Nuka Cola DLC is. I I can't do it. I just, I just don't like it. Um, I might give it one more bash, but it's it's just fetch quests. The DLC in the previous Fallout, like Fallout Three, especially had some. Oh yeah, Operation Anchorage and the pit and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like so good. Little many bits of DLC. Four solid little bits of DLC. Uh, whereas this See, I'm really of... tempted because um, I've got it downloaded on my my laptop now is to play through uh, New Vegas because it's the ultimate edition you get off Game Pass. Um, That's right. Yeah. So I'm really tempted just to. You know, slowly check my way through that now. Um, I've played a played about an hour of it the other night, and oh, that game is amazing on PC. Sixty frames, yum. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's actually really, really good. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I think that's a bit of a. I think a lot of people would fight you over that one and be like, right, Fallout seventy six makes Fallout four good, but. I'd be tempted to see people who do play a lot of seventy six. I'd be I'd be tempted to be like, go back to four, and try it again, if you haven't already. Yeah, because I think the thing that because it got to, you get to a point in Fallout Four where, like any other Fallout game, you build up so much stuff, you get so much ammo, you get so many stem packs and stuff like that. But the one thing I never really taught myself is what because I, I felt like I was still using a lot of the same weapons I used earlier in the game, and I never feel like I fully upgraded them. Mm-hmm. When I came to upgrading them, I had to find all these materials. Like, where do I find screws? Where do I find, yeah, you know, uh, glue to, for a uh, the camera? What it's called uh, to bind things together? Um, you know, uh, that all that kind of stuff. All these different types of materials. I was like, where do I find this? Like, do I have to look up online just to find out what the best items are to find these specific ingredients to upgrade the weapon? Whereas I said in Fallout seventy six. The issue we have that we realize too late is that you can't play Fallout 6 in the traditional way. You have to focus on, from the beginning, a build, which yeah. is not something you're used to. Because in Fallout, the other Fallout games, you know, you you go out there, you when you upgrade uh, throughout the game, you just pick and choose what you feel at the time. You don't really think about it with a class in mind. Uh, you don't really have to worry about, you know, your inventory and stuff like that, or upgrading weapons, you can just sort of do that anytime. Which in Fallout 76, like you have to focus on a build. You have to focus on collecting that junk, and the game forces you to collect that junk and learn what is in that junk. I now know what the best items are for the upgrades for weapons, what we need, and and you can take that knowledge from 76, and it translates exactly 
the same in Fallout 4, because obviously they carried that over into 76. And it just made it a lot easier and easier to understand for me and more enjoyable, because I knew exactly when I'm running through a, a raider's hideout or something like that, I'm now like picking up things knowing I know I know what's in this and I know I'll need it in the future. This stack of duct tape, I will need this for this adhesive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All these fans and typewriters, I need these fans and typewriters for you know screws or whatever. I, know, I, I picked up all the duct tape and military grade duct tape. I was like, oh, need that, oh, need yeah. that, need that. This is so good when you find it because knowing how valuable it is for upgrading later on. And yeah. when you, when you do want to upgrade, you're in a position you you have all the stuff and you're have a significantly larger inventory as well from the off the bat. No, um, uh, Fallout, uh, Fallout Four compared to Seven Six, where they kind of force you to work for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that was our sort of main takeaway. And I think it was an interesting discussion to have because I feel like a lot of people feel the same way that we do at Fallout Four, where it just didn't quite nail it. It's not as good as the other ones, but you played through it like you would with any other Fallout game and ignore a lot of this, the new stuff they added in uh, and sort of dealt with the crafting. That's, that's how we played it anyway. Maybe a lot of people could really get into that. I'm sure people did. But for us, it was... We just played it like it was Fallout 3 in New Vegas. Uh, about now like going down back. to like crafting food. But I found myself crafting food more often because you've, oh, yeah, you know, you yeah, reap the I, benefits of it. Yeah, that's um, another thing. It's one of the six where there's things tied to food. and like uh, where In Fallout 4, I did not do any cooking when I originally played that game. No. I did not care. Then there was like a no. soup or something that gave you extra XP. Um, even like down to like, okay, I'll kill that mutant hound, take its meat, and you just cook it. And it gives you, like, it's, it's just a decent replacement for stim packs if you're running low. Um, at the cost of maybe a wee bit of radiation, but it's like, especially at the start of that game, where like, you know, you don't really have much, you know, mutant hounds. You're like, alright, okay, just cook up some of that meat. Done. Delicious. That actually kind of goes to. Sh- it actually made it much, much easier. I was, I was actually quite shocked by like, how much I was enjoying it based on using knowledge that I gained from seventy six. I was like, I don't remember having this much, much fun playing Fallout, uh, Fallout Four in the past. Yeah, it's weird. I wonder if there's anyone else like us out there that feel the same way before than jumping to seventy six and learns so much from. All the mechanics that was previously introduced in four, but was refined further in seventy six, and I hope so. Enjoyed it in seventy six. I hope we're not alone out there. There must be some other people. There must be someone out there who's thought the exact same as we have. Must be. Um, and if you're one of those people, just... please email us at contact at thegameornots dot com. Or <laughs> the throw, throw email in there. Or throw hate <laughs> one or the other. Or, yeah, because email <laughs> hate is a feedback whatever in general. Uh, hate. <laughs> I don't mind. Any, any form of feedback is good, in my opinion. No, yeah, uh, that's true. Even if it's very mean. It still means someone's got to this point two hours in or still listening to us. I, I was going to say, care, like, care who's still going to be... Who's, who's still listening at, like, two hours in? <laughs> no one, I imagine. Know, maybe surprised. Maybe surprised. Maybe in a few years' time, people go back and listen to this, and we'll get hate. Oh, maybe. But yeah, maybe. We'll put... that was our, our little aside there, uh, which I thought was interesting. Mm. We'll do a quick wrap up of, as I said earlier, that predominantly in the future it will be more news focused, and we'll have some general chat chat and some game talk as well. 
but we just had a lot of stuff we wanted to talk about this week. Well, that was uh, like two hours of talk of games, basically. Yeah. But there's just one new story I wanted to talk about because we haven't talked about this yet. Is that there's no Halo co-op at launch for Halo no. Infinite. No, none. So this is the story from Video Games Chronicle. 343 confirms its delay to Halo Infinite was to make a 2021 release. Both Forge and Camping Co-op will now release in 2022, with the former arriving six months after the game's release, which still isn't locked to an exact date, which isn't true anymore. I think it's December 8th now, which is the other, which is a very weird date. Uh, mm-hmm. Head of Creative Joseph Staten confirmed in a development update video on Friday that 343 is now targeting to release the co-op, Camping Co-op in Infinite's second post-launch season, which is apparently three months. Each season is three months, so it was March essentially, when this is due to come out. Uh, also, split-screen multiplayer will be held back on PC until after post-launch. Um, basically, they, they say there's difficulties with, with COVID and stuff like that. But that yeah. that really... Because we... Well, a little bit of history about us, but we have pretty much played through every single Halo game in co-op. Mm-hmm. Like Halo 1. I don't think we've ever finished Halo 2, but... We have we played, played a good, a good chunk, chunk of it. Good chunk of Halo, I think three, at least halfway through in Halo 2 on the Master Chief Collection. Played all the way through Halo 3, Halo Multiple 3 UDST, Halo Reach, uh, Halo 4 when it came out, and last early last year, Halo 5, and we're quite positive we about that. Halo Wars as well in co-op. Halo Wars, that's right, all through Halo Wars as well. So, for me, in my opinion, I have never ever played a Halo game in single player. Like, even when I played the original on the original Xbox. I played it with my friend Andrew in split screen. Uh, same with Halo 2. And then again with yourself. With the remake. The chat, I can't remember what it's called. The the remake on the 360 for the first one. Mm. The remake. Uh, Combat Evolved, was it? Com- uh, yeah, Combat Evolved, that's what it was. Um, played through it and obviously uh, Halo 3 and stuff. So like not having that co-op at launch, like, really, I do not want to play that campaign on my own. Mm-hmm. See, it hurts. Is 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 weird? I, I I just can't do it. For me, uh, currently Halo Infinite the campaign just may as well not exist until next year. See, I get why they're doing it though. Um, it's like obviously it's not quite ready yet. Um, I think, like personally, I think they're doing the right thing. Wait, they're give, they're giving out something. Part of me thinks what they should have done is delayed the campaign till March completely, but release the multiplayer. Because um, yeah. the multiplayer was always going to be free to play anyway, um, and let's be brutally honest: you play the campaign once, well, not necessarily, but you play through the campaign and then you play multiplayer. You spend most of your time in that anyway. Um, so, like the way I think they should have done it: third of December, multiplayer, and then March campaign, single player and co-op. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to be like I don't disagree with them releasing it now because obviously they they need they need something out. Um, I think yeah. this is kind of where they, Xbox has got Forza Horizon Five this year and Halo um, as their sort of their two big exclusives. Um, they they needed something else out this year. Um, and I think they've delayed it as much as they can or as much as probably Xbox are willing to let them delay it to. And they're like, right, okay, what we'll do then is that instead of releasing a rubbish product, 
or like a, a broken one, what we'll do is that we'll focus purely on this one thing. So by the sounds of it, multiplayer's done. It just needs like some tweaks and like server tests that um, then you know all that going on. It needs all that, but it sounds that's like the, that's... the one. The one positive of this is that multiplayer, from what I've watched, it seems way more like classic Halo. Yeah, it's uh, taken out a lot of things. I'm, I'm quite yeah, I'm quite excited about whenever the uh, another alpha comes out or something, we can actually play it because we never got invited to the other one, but. Well, that was the one part, and I will be playing the multiplayer. Like I fully intend on delving into that and enjoying that. But in terms of the campaign, like maybe I'll throw load it up to just to see how they've done the whole hub world stuff and all that. But I, for me, the Halo experience as as of you know the last decade is you and I playing through it together. Yeah, I know it'll be a bit bizarre. Um, it'll be it's like it will be it will be a weird one. It is a shame that it's not there. Um, I get why though. As I obviously yeah. challenging times, they, can, making they a cannot game. delay Halo again. No, they, on they its twentieth anniversary. And what's what's better? What's the best thing to do is like try and make it real crunch time. Game comes out broken and gets negative press, or just be brutally honest. Be like, right, okay, co-op isn't going to be ready in time, but a single player will be, and just focus on making one thing really good. And then focus on co-op yeah. just to make to, and make that really good. Like I've come to terms with it now. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there who don't care about co-op. There's a lot of people out there that just has no impact on it at all. So yeah. Uh, for us, it definitely does. It's a bit of a sore point, but again, the multiplayer is still there, and I'm sure we'll enjoy that. Yeah, most. I, I'm really looking forward to the multiplayer. It made it less Call of Duty. Um, whereas I think that's what they were going for in Halo 5 it was just very much up yeah the esports stuff yeah they were trying to delve into that market and it just ruined the, the Halo experience whereas now they're just kind of like right okay let's just release a good Halo multiplayer game um, so which I'm very much looking forward to playing um, I think there's going to be a lot of good multiplayer at the end of the year Halo, Call of Duty uh, Battlefield if you're into that um Forza Horizon 5. Forza Horizon yeah. 5. Um, tons coming out that, to get excited about. Aliens as well. Same. Yep. Just same. New recommendation. Take a, a hint. Yep. A hint. Um, a multiplayer game and a fun one at that. Um, so yeah, um, it will be good. It's a shame co-op's not there. I get why. It's like, you know what people who give like EA beef and stuff as well. Like, oh, people just copy and paste. Like even outside of pandemic times, even copying and pasting a game and like you know doing the tweaks and stuff like they do to FIFA is difficult. Yeah, um, and it's amazing they managed to release one of those every year for the last thirty years or something. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's impressive. It is impressive, um, and I imagine there is a wee bit of just like oh we'll take this, we'll take that, but like you know they they, they do still make changes and they still do things, um, and it is still difficult to do. Um, so even in you know like during pandemic times, the fact that they're even releasing another FIFA this year is you know pretty impressive um, that they've managed to get it done. Now even like Call of Duty as well, like for a wee while there, it took them ages yeah. to you know to announce that. I thought there was. I was them. wondering where that was going. Like, yeah. Usually they have announced well announced by now. So they just announced it. It's just gone straight into an alpha, and then you've got a beta. So that will be next month, September, won't it? Um, I believe so. And then the game's out in November 5th. So 
and I imagine there's, there's usually a couple of betas. So, no, there is. There is a couple of betas. You've got a PlayStation, you know, the PlayStation exclusive, one. exclusive one, isn't it? Yeah, the first yeah. weekend, the second is Xbox. The second is Xbox, PC. PC. Yep. There's uh, a question I have about Halo Infinite. Uh, it's already been delayed by a year. What was that game a year ago? Oh, it must have been just a mess. Because when... Because I watched it with a, a mutual friend of ours live. Uh, and I was really excited to like finally see Halo Infinite and what it, you know, how, how it looked and what it was about. Literally within the first 30 seconds, uh, I felt something in the pit of my stomach thinking, oh, this doesn't look that great. The first That first demo they showed off, it was a mistake showing that off, wherever that was. It just didn't look good. Uh, then ever since that was July last year, you know, mid-pandemic, uh, and ever since that demo, like, within those few weeks, everyone was just, like, crappy on that game. Uh, and I'm not sure to say rightfully so, but I don't, I don't really blame people. It just didn't look that. It looked so flat. Hmm. Now, a lot of it was to do with the lighting. I imagine it does look a lot better now that they've shown it off. It looks significantly better. Um, but part of me is like, oh, this just doesn't look ready. Like, this isn't a, a Series X launch title. Then literally within weeks it was, you know, delayed earlier a year, which was the right decision. But if they, they don't even have the co-op campaign ready yet, or split screen, or Forge ready, like what was that game? What were they thinking last year? Thinking to release it at launch last year? No idea what they were thinking. Uh, uh, wishful thinking. Probably doing a CG Project Red, doing a hope and prayers thing, thinking it'll all come together at the end of the CG Project Red magic. Uh, it'll all work out. It just no. works. It just and then works. It didn't. No. Uh, yeah. It falls flat on their face. Indeed. So that quite oh dear of. Got gel over my keep trackpad from my <laughs> mouse. Uh, a quick one, uh, which was already rumored. The Horizon Forbidden West has been delayed until February twenty twenty two. It's not really not too much of a surprise, was it? No. I'll read out this quick excerpt here. I don't know. If there's not really much more to say, honestly. I think it was rumored about a month or so ago, but it wasn't officially confirmed. It was the weird, they announced it in a weird way because they announced it at Gamescom. It says, good news, we have some good news about uh, Forza, no, Forza Horizon, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, or Horizon, the Horizon series or something. Then they announced, I wouldn't exactly call it good news. They, they, I think they tried to wrap it up in like, we're officially announcing a day, that is the good news, but they didn't promise, but they said they were aiming for the end of this year. It's the same with God of War as well, they were aiming for, I think, this sort of the some point this year, but obviously things got delayed. Now it's been pushed back, which I don't think is a problem. Is it moves out of the way for games releasing it towards the end of this year. Plus, the other bonus, which is I was patiently waiting for, is a 60 frames patch for Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I loaded that up, and it plays wonderfully, because I've struggled to play it on the 30 frames, because I have a like an OLED TV, and OLEDs are really as great as they are when it comes to 30 frames content, it is way more stuttery than an LCD TV and it feels a bit unplayable compared to 60 frames where it just feels a lot better and thankfully that patch has made that game feel a lot better so I'm going to aim to, and I've got ample time to play through it now uh, that is delayed till February next year so what does that leave with Sony with then? It's just Microsoft's 
Deathloop exclusively on PlayStation, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's it for this year. It's just Deathloop. Comes and, to uh, mind for PlayStation wise. Um, can't think of any. Uh, we've got oh, like yeah. Death Stranding as well. That's coming out. Um, oh, that's right. That's right. The uh, director's cut. Then we've recently yeah. just had Ghost of Tsushima director's cut. The two money grabs of the year for seventy quid each. Uh, uh, I don't think. I think um, Death Stranding's only going to be about forty-five quid. Oh, was it? I feel yeah, for I some reason so. I just feel expected that so, to anyway, be I, I traded in my my copy of Death Stranding because I pre-ordered <laughs> um, the director's cut of Death Stranding. So I'm like, I hope it's I hope it's. Um, to be fair, the things that they added because they showed off. You watched the Gamescom thing, didn't you? Because they yeah, left yeah. that for the end. They showed off the new things that are in the director's cut, and it looks like a lot of the things that added it makes. <laughs> Makes that game more enjoyable, it looks like. Yeah, uh, I'm quite. I was watching it, I'm like, you know what? I'm actually quite excited to look, you know, excited to yeah, get Matabash. I'm uh, excited to watch you play it because I've been yeah, wanting to watch for, you play it, so it's. £43. Oh, well, there we go. That's not too bad for uh, a lot of extra content, especially if you've never played it before. Yeah, so that's why I was like, because I was, I was going to get started properly on Death Stranding, and then I was like, well, they've announced this director's cut, so. I either hold off for that or just play the PS4 when I was like, you know what, I'm just... I, I might, it's so close now to the director's cut coming out, I'm as well just to play that. Um, so that's why I'm like, right, bugger it. Um, I'll just pre-order that and hold off another month or so for Death Stranding and then give it a bash later on. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really, really good. Um, I think I'll, I'm hoping I'll enjoy it. Yes. I'm sure I will. I hope so. I'm confident I will. I'm, cur- I'm curious to see if you will enjoy it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed my time with it. I think uh, I'll enjoy it. Like, um, I enjoyed like, the wee couple of hours that I played um, you know, a wee while ago. And I was like, this is a- I-, I, can- I can see myself kind of getting into it. Um, running up mountains and then falling down them. Yeah, I was still I still think about that and think, my god, <laughs> how did you manage that? There's stuff I've managed to like Climb up this mountain, like Skyrim your way up this mountain, and then run down it without taking any damage. <laughs> well, this boss was I was genuinely very impressed. <laughs> skills, what could I say? <laughs> <laughs> Impressive skills. So I've just, I was just looking at a release list of to see if there was any other PlayStation stuff. Uh, and I've just realized something. So there's not, there's not really any. Maybe there is a PlayStation exclusive that we just don't really know about. It's like an indie thing or something. Ah, uh, there will be. I'm looking. Uh, the date's here. September 8th, uh, December 8th, Halo Infinite. December 7th, Dying Light 2. Oh, of course, you've got Dying Light and Halo at the same time. So I think we've got the co-op covered for our campaign. Yeah, D- Dying Light will have a co-op campaign, 100%. So that, that lessens the blow a bit, because we could, we could be busy with that, but then also enjoy the Halo Infinite multiplayer yep. on the side. So that's not too bad. Uh, Can't wait for Dying Light 2. And of course, on November 11th, you've got the Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim Anniversary Edition. Oh, yes. And another re release, GTA 5. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the two I know, games that will forever November be remastered. November 11th is the day of re releases <laughs> of games that, are, that should have been long, long gone. But yeah, you will buy both of them again because do you know why? Because GTA and Skyrim. Um. It's just like, oh, 
you know that way that you see the announcement for it, especially Skyrim, well, GTA as well, but uh, Skyrim as well, you see the announcement come through of the anniversary edition, and you're like, really? Really? Pre-order. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I, oh. I, I went in, because I saw, I didn't really read too much into it, because I was just oh, they're just redoing it. But it sounds like they're uh, throwing they in all adding. the... Yeah, the, the... What was it called? What's the name of the shop thing they've got? The Bethesda Planet? I don't know what it's called. Creators oh, the, Club the, the, or something? The, the, the... Yeah, um, the Creators, Creators Club. Club. Yeah, so they're adding in all the content from the Creators Club in Skyrim, which includes a lot of expansions and weapons and DLC into the game. It's like quite a lot in there, including plus fishing. Uh, yeah, fishing plus upgrading the the base game. So when I saw that, I thought, you know what, it's actually not too bad. Uh, I may be tempted to prior to uh, discussion earlier about finding a game to delve your time into. Skyrim is way more dangerous than Fallout 4 to losing time. Oh, yes. Uh, so if they pull it off with that um, pre-release, I, I might be quite tempted to to get it. But speaking of releases, let's do. I'm going to do a quick rundown of the next month ahead. We're 31st okay. of August. By the time this comes out, uh, I am at, uh, you know, it'll be the 1st of September. Uh, so on the 1st of September, you've got Lake, which is a... Well, it's only coming out. It says here it's only coming out on Windows. I'm sure that's not true. Maybe it's already out on the Xbox at the moment. Uh, which is, you play as this woman who's returned from the city. I played the demo when they had the E3 demo thing on the Xbox. It's like a game about this woman who come back from the city life and she's looking after her parents' house. Uh, and she works as like a, a post lady. Uh, so you drive around delivering parcels. And apparently it's a very it goes places and it's a really decent game. It's by Square Enix, is it? No, not with the screen. It's a Whitehorn Digital is. Uh, so that's out in the first. You get Bravely Default 2 on the second. WRC 10 on the second as well. On the third, you've got the PS5 release of the Medium. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the Medium. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did, I did enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I, I liked it. I'd, I'd probably be quite happy to sit and play through it again. Because uh, there's rumours going around that that Bloober team is making Silent Hill. Uh... And that worries me. Based off what the happened with the medium, you get Chernobylite on the seventh September. You get Bus Simulator, twenty twenty one, wherever it is on the seventh as well. The greatest day of the year, my birthday. Sonic Colors Ultimate on the seventh. The Artful Escape. I think it's um, by Anna. hasn't Sonic Colors not been delayed. Sonic Colors Ultimate has it been delayed? Why have I got a feeling that's been delayed? I could be very wrong on that. You're correct. Uh, oh no no, it's coming out. Uh, no no, it's coming. Yeah, it's definitely coming out in the seventh. It says here. It's the physical oh. copy, right? Okay. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So the physical copy's been delayed indefinitely. Oh, indefinitely. Interesting. So you got the That's Artful Escape. Wrong. That's another Anna Perna game, much like Twelve Minutes. Uh. Like an upcoming platform game. The game centers on the character of Francis Vendetti, the nephew of a deceased folk music legend. Darfos uh, gives a platform game with the player controls Francis and moving him across a musical infused landscape. Besides running and jumping, Francis has a guitar which can play to create various effects, such as creating platforms or facing against boss characters. So it's interesting. Mm. 
Uh, Toy Soldiers HD, Life is Strange 2 Colors. I'm looking forward to that. Out on the 10th, Lost in Random, NBA 2K22. Tales of Arise on the 10th of September as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. A demo out for that at the moment. WarioWare Get It Together, another WarioWare game on the That'll Switch. Be good. On the 10th. 14th, Deathloop. Microsoft's Deathloop on exclusively on PlayStation 5. Potentially the best Microsoft exclusive this year. Only on PlayStation. Um, Got some stuff on the 16th. Skatebird, 17th, Neo Kuni. 21st, Kenna, Bridge of... That's that's another PlayStation exclusive. Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Is that the... No, it's not the Greenix one. That's a PlayStation exclusive there. So that's one more to go after Deathloop. Pokemon Unite on the iOS. Diablo 2 re-release or remastered. Sable on the 23rd. Death Stranding on the 24th along with Dragon Ball Z Kakarot and Lost Judgment in the sequel to the Judgment. Uh, on the 28th, a very important piece of DLC is releasing. Dr. Wilds. Wilds. Echoes of the Eye. The greatest game ever made. Uh, and a Darksiders 3 on the Switch on the 30th. And a smattering of other games. Nothing too exciting. That's September. Some decent ones in there. I'm looking forward to Life is Strange, True Colors. Uh, Deathloop. I watched the Giant Bomb uh, video explaining what Deathloop is. I still don't know what Deathloop is. Uh, it seems to be a very complex game. Uh, but I'm sure we'll pick it up when we, we ever do play through it. But that is that. Well, we have reached the end of the show. How does it feel? Time. <laughs> um, Two and a half hours. I know. Um, it probably won't be that by the time I edit it down. But no. Um, I've actually time's kind of flown in. I've kind of I've actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it's only twenty twelve, so it's a good time. Indeed. In, in the morning, uh, at night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that is that. I thoroughly enjoyed that. I thought we had some good discussions there, actually. Uh, yeah. I hope someone out there is listening. I know, after all that. If only one if you person have... can listen, I'll be quite happy. <laughs> Me! Yeah, I'm, try- I'm going to try my best not to actually listen to it, just to see the, n- the number naturally build up. So it's not me listening to it, like creating a false number, a false download. Yeah. Uh, but you've done quite a bit of talking, because you've had a, quite a lot to talk about, so your data is quite high. Uh, so far you've uploaded three and a half gigs of data. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, yes, and I've uploaded 1.8 gigabytes. Uh, it's a very chunky podcast. It, it's just because my voice is smooth. And probably. Manly. Yep. Um, so I don't know how this is going to work because this is the first time using it. Well, I have to download a five gig file. <laughs> very possibly, yeah. I'm quite it's worried about fault. it now. <laughs> like, how yep. do I compress this down to... You don't want to download a five gig podcast. It would be uh, funny though if you compress it down and then like it it distorts voices. So then my voice goes from like smooth baritone to oh, man, man. <laughs> it's this high pitched noise like, oh what's this? I'll try my best to keep it down. I think I think they compress it on their end, I think. Uh once I run it through some stuff. Uh then I'll put it in Audacity and take out the technical mishap we had earlier. But it seems yeah. to be going. It's gone pretty smooth for a first time using it. So I'm generally very impressed. And we tested it before we uh, recorded this, and the quality was absolutely fantastic. It sounded 
for us only using headset makes, it sounded very, very good. Yeah, no, I'm actually genuinely quite impressed. Yeah, so I'm excited to edit it. Which I'll probably oh, do well. it tomorrow, because it's a bit Sounds late. Sounds good. Uh, yes, so that's us. That is the end of the first episode of the Gamer Nuts. Are we... We have yet to decide on a schedule. Um, but as I said, going forward, I don't think it's going to be a two and a half hour podcast every time. So no, that's just a one-off. Yeah, we had a lot to talk about. Two weeks worth of stuff to catch up on. Uh, but next time, uh, I'll be a bit more news-focused. But yes, if anyone is listening, you probably aren't, but if you are, <laughs> thank you. Please let us know. <laughs> <laughs> So that's all is it for nothing. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. So far we have zero stars because uh, we have yet to review our own podcast, but I will do that after this or when uh, I upload this episode. Um, if you wish to contact any of us, you can send us an email at contact at thegamernots.com. If you want to contact myself on Twitter, I am at Nessie, N-A-E-S-S-I-E. What's your thing, Bill? Your Twitter handle? Oh, at Red Shoes for Life. Four, four being the number four. Yep, number four. Yeah. You also go to the, the gamernuts.com, which is an official proper website that links you to all your favorite podcast hosting services. I have yet to add the Indian ones up because when we were making this, <coughs> I found these two big Indian dis- distributors that not a lot of people, not a lot of the podcasts I use don't use. So our. Basically, we didn't mention this earlier in the podcast, but our vision has become big in India. Our aim. Yeah, uh, that, that's secretly what we're planning. We want to be Indian celebrities. I mentioned yesterday we want to be on Indian Celebrity Big Brother uh, as Z-list podcasters. Um, I actually looked up the name of the name of their Big Brother. It's not Big Brother over there. It's still going on. It's like one of six countries that still has Big Brother. Like I think it's like India, Germany, US, and smattering other places. But in India has got an even better name. It's called Big Boss. Big B-I-G-G. Boss. Oh my god! I want to be on. I want to be on Big Boss. I want to be on Big Boss. B I G G Boss. Big Boss. We will win Big Boss in ten years' time when we've made it big in India. Any if if you are Indian and you're listening, uh, please send us a message. <laughs> uh, any contacts to get on Big Boss, the celebrity version? You could probably do a thing. They there's a in Big Brother in the past. They one of the sort of twists they had on it is they brought someone in who wasn't a celebrity and tried to make people convinced that they were a celebrity. Chantel, whatever her name was, I think. So we could do that in Indian and in, in Big Boss. So you can bring us in and we can pretend that we're famous pop stars or something. I agree. Yep, but that's that. So, yes, thank you for listening. Yep, and uh, we'll see, we'll you, see next you next time. time. Bye, everyone. Night. Good night. Sweet dreams. Mm.